Welcome, welcome. Howdy. And welcome back to the final episode of the first season Ooh, of the Back Row Lessons podcast. <laughs> my name is Paul Davis, and this is my co-host, Nolan Meshke. We are so glad you guys made it in time, like I said, for the season finale. Yeah, we're so happy you could join us. It's all, it's our penultimate episode here. Ooh. We have come through so much, multiple marriages, multiple babies almost getting married, a whole <laughs> lot of weird shit to get to this moment, Definitely but weird we, are, we are just so thankful that you guys have kept with us here mm-hmm. and stuck with our craziness, uh, and it will be a lot of fun. Don't worry, this episode won't let up. It's not like, oh, we're the finale episode. Hit the brakes. We got to get it all together. Mm-hmm. It's still really weird, uh, <laughs> but in the meantime, right before that, just want to say we would love for you guys to give us you know a rating or a review on whatever platform you are using uh tell a friend tell multiple friends you know i know pyramid schemes are a little controversial but (laughs) get a friend to tell two friends get them to tell two friends and eventually you know we'll be on top of something there you won't lose money exactly yeah you won't gain money either you won't gain money but (laughs) if you do lose any money it's at least going to be entertaining we'll entertain you in the process um (laughs) so and we'll get into losing your money to us a little bit later but yeah ratings reviews any of those websites are great you can interact with us on our uh social medias instagram we're being a little more active a little bit more fun facebook hopefully it's not too many uh old people on facebook to be cool for our age to uh, be (laughs) using it i feel very alone there nowadays no one's using it anymore but still having fun uh but one last thing before we get into our information we have a a doozy today so we want to kind of streamline it in uh just giving everyone the heads up uh all this is real all this is uh Mm core uh kind of coordinated correlated uh it's history it's history i'm not making this stuff Mm -hmm. up i'm not pulling it out of nowhere uh if i could I would not be doing a podcast here. If I could make these stories out of my own head, I would be writing for uh, probably HBO at this point. Mm-hmm. But we're going to have fun. We're going to, you know, we're not professionals, but we're mm-hmm. going to have fun with it. We're going to enjoy ourselves. Oh, yeah. We're not, we're not going to give you an uh, authoritative, this is exactly what happened. You know, <laughs> it, it's not going to be like that, but it's going to be, so this is what, we have seen oh yeah happened. because history is only either spoken or written down and we got to do our best to figure out what happened exactly and like we have been saying we, we can't, can't make, make this, this shit up, up. perfect uh, i hopefully we can <laughs> trademark that one day and we'll get one of the first trademarks with shit and mm-hmm. that will be great uh, <laughs> so catch up from where we were last week or what happened in the last episode england king henry wanted a baby to marry mm-hmm. his son and when scotland slash baby did not okay. want that to happen they went to war so obviously that's what you have to do when someone does a baby and a six-year-old right nine-year-old nine-year-old so, oh. i mean <laughs> it's the same character kind of just 180 degrees i'll give it to you yeah um but yeah so you know when you get rejected for mm-hmm. your proposal for your child what else do you do but Go to war. Just yeah. <laughs> in particular, burning down their capital city of Edinburgh. So that the baby is Mary Queen of Scots, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. The woman that plays your 
your celebrity crush. Oh yeah, Sersha Ronan. Yes, uh, and in the process of grooming her character, making that character right oh, there, God. they burned down Edinburgh. <laughs> okay. And in that little tangent, that little rabbit hole we went down, we talked about how one desk was stolen, and about 300 years later, uh, some crypto-fascist oh, nationalist yeah. patriots committed an art heist and held a desk <laughs> ransom. We and went so far off from the story. Because I love that. that, and everyone <laughs> I've told that I'm told the story how we claimed responsibility for kidna- or for returning mm-hmm. the desks yep. uh, finds that hilarious. And <laughs> it was us. It was Spread us. the word. It was us who returned the desk. That's what I named the episode, actually. <laughs> uh, so for getting into this information, uh, oh, and there was one more uh, battle that we covered. Scott's kind of did, did some numbers here. So it's a war. We're mm-hmm. in the middle of a war. So quick question. Yes. Is the baby and the nine-year-old, are they still engaged, married, or not nope. anymore? Okay. So, so they're for sure not. Yeah, them. Parliament cut off that that treaty or what have you that oh, yeah, brought okay. them together, yep, yep. and then they went to war to reinstate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to start out, give us a timeline where we are right now in particular, where we just ended last episode. It's March 1545 mm-hmm. so spring chirping you know it's we just got out of winter everything is starting to melt it's starting <laughs> to be green people are feeling good about themselves you know maybe a cold nighter here uh now in henry's england henry you know he's the king like this whole series has been about so far <laughs> let's give just a state of how it's looking how it is now in 1545 they're already suffering the consequences from that great debasement we talked about a few episodes ago where he put out fake money and everyone noticed within a month and then no one wanted to use English money anymore and all the traders started to really get suffering (laughs) consequences. So So he's printing more money? Well, he's printing fake money. Oh, fake money. The deceptive money that wasn't worth as much as they were saying it was worth. That's so already that, going out. So that's out. not even like inflation. That's just fraud. Yeah, that's just fraud. It, yeah, <laughs> inflation is like, oh, this is worth more than it used to be worth. Yeah. Uh, this is, that's not even worth what it says it is. Like <laughs> like you're saying, it's fraud. So they're already suffering. We can't the con- even make real money. Yeah, this is how in America we always like to say Canadian money, like Canadian dollars are monopoly money. This is like <laughs> the real life equivalent of that. Okay. Uh, then on top of that, English troops, all of his warriors, uh, they were tied up in military campaigns in Ireland, France, and Scotland. So three three invasions going on at once. <laughs> so they're spread out. Spread out, spending a lot of money for that kind of and this stuff. this is England? This is England here. Okay, do they even have any war- like soldiers at home? Pretty much. I don't think, if any, they were the ba- bottom of the barrel, the worst ones, <laughs> and, or, or the most prestigious ones who didn't want to okay. go to war. So that was like the time to attack, but nobody did. Oh, we'll get into that oh, in just a second woo. here. Then, Henry's only rival, or I'm not, I'm sorry, not his rival, his only ally, his only ally in this war that he's been wrapped up in, attacking Scotland, attacking France, all of this. His ass wiper. His ass wiper. Uh, pretty much, yeah. Charles <laughs> uh, of the Holy Roman Empire, he had just signed a treaty with England's arch rival of France pretty much saying, okay, we're not going to fight anymore. So now he's kind of only in this war by himself. Okay. Then... So Rome and France are our team now? Uh, it's more just uh, Germany is kind of, we're done. We're going to sit this one out here. We're gonna Germany ha- is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're called the Holy Roman Empire. Oh. And, and there's a meme that goes around saying that the Holy Roman um, Empire is neither holy nor Roman nor an empire. It was just kind of a <laughs> moniker. That is 
a rabbit hole. Did you say Norman or Roman? Roman. Oh. Maybe I said Norman. Who knows? I mean, they were, who knows? We'll find uh, out later. In post-editing. <laughs> now, I was saying we're in March 1545. Two months earlier, Woo. in January 1545, Francis declared his plans to invade England. I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> Sorry, I play like with a pencil with my hand, just accidentally fling it. And within two minutes of my info, he flung it. I want it back. Oh, oh God. God. I know. Okay, I won't fling it next time. Oh, I've got to reach for it. Oh, God. All right, listeners, Whew. you get that time stamp where he said, I'm not going to fling it, and now let's see how long it waits until he flings it next oh, yeah. time. <laughs> anyway, Francis has declared his plans. Wait, what to- about this? I bet you a dollar that I don't fling it. I'm just, yeah, dollar sure. Okay, cool. <laughs> what are you saying? This is big money, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so, <laughs> already on good tracks right now. Hell yeah. Early 1545, January, Francis, so King of France, still stupidest name, I think, throughout this entire series, <laughs> he declares his plans to invade England to, quote, liberate the English from the Protestant tyranny that Henry VIII has imposed on them. So he's like, I'm just going to kill this motherfucker. I'm going to take him out. But I love that he phrases to liberate the English from, looks through his notes, the English king. There we go. I'm, that's what I'm going to do here. Uh, Henry, now that's mm-hmm. kind of how the, the state was, the, the country, the kingdom, yeah. whatever. How's he want. doing? He himself. He's probably doing great. Oh, or not at all. Great. Uh, he was in his mid-50s. Nice. As suff- a king. As a king, suffering from numerous health complications could barely walk or stand to the point where he was describing to have been moved around in a lifted sedan chair. Oh, so, so he's he is he fat like fat as fuck? In this? He he is so okay. fat. If you've ever seen like a job of the hut, kind of that. But <laughs> I was gonna say that sedan chair. If you've ever seen like a movie of like a royalty where they have the. <laughs> the seated thing with the four people like hoisting them oh, up and moving yeah, them. Yeah. So he was moving around in that <laughs> at this point. thinking how someone like wheelbarrowing him. That's exactly people. what I thought when I saw sedan, <laughs> I'll be honest, when I saw a sedan chair, I was like, is that just like a really sophisticated like early wheelchair thing? All right, that was two minutes right there. He dropped it. <laughs> that was two minutes. He just dropped it there. Uh... Um, now, don't worry though. Because I did see it was confirmed that he was still sexually active till at least 1543. How? I don't like, know. Like is... Two people hold up his gut or whatever. And how is it reported? Who reported yeah. that too? I smell it in the air. I he did it like, tonight. <laughs> like, could he even have like an erection at that point if he's that fat? <sighs> Who knows? There's so much body shit going yeah. on right there. They they're probably putting weird powders and herbs in him. <laughs> he doesn't know what the hell is going on here. So last episode, we were talking about this big fight that's called the rough wooing, which is just a synonym for abusive relationship. Oh, yeah. I'm going to beat you up until you're in a relationship with me, which, (laughs) you know, I know we are perpetually single, but I don't feel like we should use that strategy against women. I don't don't ever get to that stage, Nolan. I know you won't. won't. I won't. I know that's a hot take to make it here in uh, 2021. (laughs) But now the next big really significant fighting in this battle and this war of the rough wooing mm-hmm. is a siege in a castle in northern scotland on the coast by the name of saint andrew's castle uh now saint andrew's castle it's about 50 miles north of edinburgh uh, mm-hmm. located like i said on the shores of the north sea 
So it's pretty great view of just a bunch of water, but it is nice water, I guess you could say. Mm. Feels. I know there's a lot of controversial things you can say about the Isle of Britain, but at least I feel like it has a lot of picturesque views. Yeah. It's probably rainy a lot, but still even the rainy shots are like, oh, this is so majestic. Like no one, <laughs> I know there's probably ugly places on the island, but still. Actually, I, I'm a big fan of rain, so I want to I love that. rain too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was praying to a lot of rain gods this summer. Yeah. Uh, now, throughout. Oh, global warming got oh, in the way again. Yes. Well, we're <laughs> fine here in the middle of the country. Yeah. So throughout the ages, it was also, so it's, you know, this beautiful, you know, ocean front castle it's a beautiful site it was also used as a prison for local criminals gaining a notorious reputation for its quote dank and airless dungeon pit cut out of solid rock on the grounds now i saw this dungeon pit described Mm -hmm. as a quote bottleneck dungeon where prisoners were dropped down, never to be seen again. What? Just throw them in the pit. They're never coming out. This Wait, can is, you access the pit from below, or is it just like a giant It's pit? just a giant hole in the ground. Jesus. I, I assume the people who cut the pit were local criminals that just never got out. They're like, <laughs> oh, what? We're stuck down here. That is some major 300 vibes yeah, right was, there, like just the kicking thing. them in, like, fuck it. This is back row lessons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is Edinburgh, and then he kicks it. All right, guys. Now I looked. I was looking up this castle, doing my info, and I got to the officially maintained website for the castle. So, like the tourist people that that run it, it's like some department. Yeah, some department from Scotland or what have you. Okay. Now they list some major events that happen at the castle. Uh, I'm just gonna list the first three words. So the first word from each of those three uh, events three major events that they listed you ready that happened there or yeah they that happened today? there that happened there okay, and what cool, we're cool. going to talk about so i don't know if they were like you know having like a festival every year that like. would be fun well it's kind of <laughs> so the first event the first word in this first event this is on the front page pretty much okay burning burning second event the first word yeah murder murder <laughs> third event the first two words because it kind of goes together great siege so this place is pretty lit. We're going to get into nice. here. What's it's the place called one more time? St. Andrews. St. Andrews. So the yeah. burning of St. Andrews. A little bit. There's a, it's a siege. And the of murder of St. Andrews. Yep. Andrew. And then the great siege of St. Andrews. Okay. And then, so now St. Andrews actually is more famous than a murder, a burning and a great siege. <laughs> it is more famous actually for golf. <laughs> now this was the hardest part of my research because it was late at night and I was Googling the history of golf. <laughs> I'm not all, I love sports. Nolan can attest yeah. that. Not a big golf guy. Yeah. Mini golf. I've made many arguments for mini golf in the <laughs> fact that what it would be great it's is a professional mini golf team or like a teams. little bit of a blend of both where it's your normal length of your golf course. <laughs> and then one green or two on a course just has mini golf elements on the putting part of it. So it's just like, yeah, you got to shoot it 400 yards, but the last 30 yards, there's a loop-to-loop, and then there's a windmill. It's just really weird. You got to come into the right angle there. So that's my opinions on golf. However, St. Andrew's golf is, I guess, as a history nerd, interesting to me. The old course at St. Andrew's Links is considered the oldest golf course in the world. 
So wait, there's a golf course by it or like in it or around it? It's like 200 feet from this castle. Okay. When I was like looking at Google Maps just to see where That's it was so cool. on like the, the sea there, it was St. Andrew's course right there. I was like, that name sounds really familiar. So you're going to accidentally, like, could you like accidentally hit this place? Oh yeah. So the reason I'm talking about this, not just because I'm a major golf nerd, you know, you know me, Nolan, <laughs> but it's because it actually relates to the time period that okay. we're going to talk about here. Uh, now, it is known as the home of golf. Uh, now, the old corset St. Andrew's Links, that's its official name, but it's also known as, quote, the old lady or the grand old lady as well. So I guess a lot of dudes are like, I'm with my old lady here and it's a golf course. <laughs> uh, the sport, golf, if you want to call it a sport, I guess you can yeah. call it a sport. It, there are more things that golf is a sport than than we consider sports, mm -hmm. video games, um, <laughs> and that's coming from a big gamer. The sport was first played on the links at St. Andrew in the early 15th century, so the 1400s, so a little bit before the time period we're talking about here. A spokesman for the Royal and Ancient Golf Club of St. Andrews. That is. So goddamn posh mm -hmm. and so goddamn <laughs> upper crust. Oh, I know. <laughs> I felt discriminated against just reading yeah. that. Um, one of the oldest Scottish golf organizations said, quote, stick and ball games have been around for many centuries, but golf as we know it today played over 18 holes certainly originated in Scotland. He wasn't messing around. He's like, certainly originated in Scotland, you English fox. We took it. We did it. That's us. Um, the first documented mention of golf in Scotland appears in a 1457 Act of Scottish Parliament issued by King James II of Scotland prohibiting the play of the game of golf and football. <laughs> so the first mention is them just banning it. They're like, we can't do this. We can't do this. <laughs> as it was seen as these distractions like took away from his subjects learning and practicing archery for military purposes. <laughs> it's like those kids know how to fucking kick a ball or yeah. hit a hit a freaking ball stick. They won't know how to kill the fucking English with so these So they're just dicking off with golf. Yeah, they, well, it's a recreational activity okay. and they're like we what do we need? Farmers and archers. That's all we need. Yeah. We can't have any golfers here. Uh, you're taking up so much land. Yeah. <laughs> so it was first banned in 1457. Golf then was again banned in Royal Acts in 1471, <laughs> and then it was also banned again in 1491. So now it's triple banned. That's really bad. <laughs> they like are stacking these bans here. Golf was being described at this time as a, quote, unprofitable sport, which I know a lot of people that don't like golf and would probably describe that as it nowadays as yeah. well. <laughs> I know that. Uh, golf was again banned by Parliament. Okay. Four, four bands. Uh, <laughs> so this is the fourth time. Yeah, under okay. King James the Fourth. So uh, King James is dad here of Scotland. However, golf clubs and balls were bought for him on multiple occasions in Scotland, in Edinburgh, St Andrews, and then in 1502. So what? A few years later, uh, he lifts the ban on golf in Scotland. So what? So <laughs> big golf got to the king and influenced his opinion there <laughs> big golf always there i can't believe this was such a re like rebellious thing back then it's so weird <laughs> and like 
at least for golf, we think of it like 1800s shit, and it's like, nope. For I mean, were they for, really playing golf back then? It was like I the mean, first few games of balls, like golf, of just hitting the balls towards like the castle. <laughs> I, f- I feel like that's it. I feel like it. It's literally when they say stick in a ball, it's like takes a stick off a tree and is like, all right, we got a ball here. Yeah. Um, 1552, so a little bit after we're going to kind of finish our series here, Archbishop John Hamilton gave the townspeople of St. Andrews the right to play on the links in their town. John Hamilton is the illegitimate brother of James Hamilton that we mentioned in the last episode. Okay. Again, everyone is fucking cousins or related in this series. Everybody's got the first, same, and last name. Now, Hamilton, though, returned... Retained, I'm sorry. Hamilton retained his rights to the rabbit burrows on the links, though. He's like, you guys can play golf here, but any rabbits, mine. Those are mine. I'm calling that right here Mm. and now. Don't know why. I assume they were just important to him. Those are my (laughs) fucking rabbits, son of a bitch. (laughs) St. Andrews, in modern time, though, a little flash forward here, is still a very beloved and important golfing destination. It has been a course on the British Open, so on the major circuit. So is this like the first golf course? Yeah, it's like the first modern, or yeah, the first golf course, and it's like and where it started, or so where it was made. Yeah, like yes and no, or it's hard to say like sports where exactly they were officially made, but it's you can give it to like certain areas because they kind of spread yeah. from there, kind of like baseball. Well, we that, yeah, we know that with some like sports, like wasn't basketball made at like third and yeah so that one it's because it's that one's a little bit more recent yeah in indiana Ah, with a dude but who knows what influences got him to there it's kind of like baseball everyone Mm -hmm. says cooperstown is where it's from but a lot of research shows that it was probably at a different place in the country and you can cooperstown could have just made it a thing big cooperstown doesn't want you to know about that i'll be honest but so it's still it's yeah this is for all intents and purposes like they said the home of golf this is where it kind of started from uh modern times still like i said on the british open and it's been there since the 1870s seeing famous winners like quote old tom morris that was his nickname i assume he had that name probably when he got old at least hopefully not when he was young he's like 21 they're still calling him old tom or something like that it's like guys i'm your i'm i'm younger than you actually why why are you doing this to me and also jack nicholas and tiger woods they've also won at this course okay according to jack nicholas quote if a golfer is going to be remembered he must win at saint andrews really yep that was a quote from him there okay so I now who tiger woods is who was the other guy tiger, uh, jack nicholas he's uh a really famous golfer and then old... was he on a cereal box probably at least once oh, okay. if not probably on some liquor bottle okay. i don't know but um <laughs> yeah because he would have been i think in the same era as like maybe arnold palmer kind of the really 1900s oh. there i'm not a golf guy so i could be fucking wrong wait isn't arnie palmer just like what the when is he from like the, somewhere between the 60s and 60s 70s, and 70s and so, yeah, yeah maybe probably. later yeah probably around that era because that's okay. how he got the name or mm-hmm. the, the drink is attributed to yeah him. No. He's like, i need both and then he <laughs> got them both so uh i'm going to reintroduce someone we were talking about last week mm-hmm. as he's going to be very pivotal to at least two of those pointers that they mentioned in the blurb on saint andrew's castle yeah uh so we're throw down all your golf clubs and balls right now we aren't going to talk about golf for the rest of this fucking episode i promise oh no (laughs) no i I don't even watch golf to begin with oh no but put your t's down bitches okay no i'm just kidding (laughs) so allow me to reintroduce myself david beaton (laughs) the catholic cardinal who was the regent or attempted regent of scotland he was the one who tried to 
become kind of the controller of Queen Mary. Really? And then he was the one that was put in prison and then broke out. Then more importantly, and kind of an indicator of what I'm going to describe a little bit more, when he saw the English ships approaching on the outside of Edinburgh prepping for their invasion, he was like, yeah. that's going to be nothing. Really? And then they invaded later that same day. <laughs> that's kind of uh, indicative of who he was. Now, I've labeled this section in my notes, David Beaton, comma, idiot falling upwards. <laughs> as I'm going to demonstrate. Upwards? Upwards. Falling <laughs> upwards. So, St. Andrews, along okay. with being a castle and a prison, mm-hmm. and I guess also... A golf course at this point and so wait so when you talked about st andrews that was like in the past and that's not real like he's long gone at this point in the story or is he still david alive? beaton no st andrews st andrews that's just the name of the castle no i got that but i assume it's named so yeah after yeah i assume andrews, yeah though. i assume st andrews is long dead at this okay point. cool i'm just gonna say what time okay what, what place what time is this story taking place again 1545 oh, okay st andrews person saying oh andrew the apostle so yeah, he's long dead. Okay, he, he died in sixty, oh. a, just sixty straight, <laughs> just 60, sixty A.D. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's an apostle of Jesus. So yeah. you're the shame on you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, so Saint Anne, yeah, because I, I assume because it's a Catholic kind of nation, they're probably naming everything after yeah. a saint. Uh, so Saint Andrews is also, you know, it's the prison, it's the golf course, what have you, it's the castle. It's also the residence of Cardinal David Beaton, the the Regent Steeler. Okay. Uh, or inaccurate ship guesser. He lived there along with his mistress, Marion... I know it's Scottish, but... Ogville? (laughs) O-G... It's been a few episodes since I've had to do this. O-G-I-L-V-Y. No idea. Me neither. Marion O. All right, Marion O is her name right there. Now, that might sound weird. Marion O? Marion O. Marion O. And that's his mistress. Okay. Now, that might sound weird as he is a cardinal, a Catholic cardinal, Mm -hmm. uh, and Marion is um, a woman. Wait, how old is she? uh, I didn't get an exact age, but... I'm going to say... It's better than a Catholic going on a little boy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had texted you earlier, how are we going to just make that joke and get it out of the way? So I'm really glad you took it. I'm glad. Uh, now, this relationship with Marion... I mean, uh, it's their reputation. I mean, yeah, I was uh, I, I was raised a, Catholic, yeah. so I can fucking not tee from... off on them. They did it. This is a woman, at least, now. Uh, now, this relationship with his mistress, as a Catholic cardinal has a mistress, mm. is, also, is often, I'm sorry, often cited as one of his biggest failures or biggest faults as catholic clergymen at this time were supposed to remain celibate really hard to remain celibate (laughs) if you have a live-in mistress right there (laughs) however beaten his status as a priest is quite complicated okay beaten was not a monk or a professed member of the benedictian order so like the priest order like hey yeah i'm gonna do priesty things he achieved much of his power by the patronage of his uncle, his very rich uncle, and had no qualms about indulging in the easy access to money found in the church. So <laughs> no qualifications, appointed by a family member, and doesn't have really a big sense of responsibility oh, of himself. he's just an entitled little like. Piece he is of just shit. a frat boy yeah. <laughs> as a Catholic ch- church, <laughs> and it is quite great. Um, now... Historians see this relationship between 
Beaton and the wife Marion here yeah. as an example of, quote, clerical concubinage. Wait, what? Clerical concubinage. Okay, so now, what are they saying? Concubine normally is like a person for a king, like a pretty much a birther or like yeah. a, just a slam piece. That's not the <laughs> historical term, but that's just the modern equivalent okay. of it. But it's kind of a woman that is in the that is in a relationship with the priest but isn't the queen just kind of a woman he's having sex with or is kind of in his court pretty much but a clerical concubine is the term given to when priests and other clergymen so people in the church who are supposed to be celebrate Uh pretty much have a family and a relationship with a woman despite their strict ban on it and it's pretty much a marriage in all but name (laughs) they have children they live together they operate together but they just don't have the name they just aren't they just literally it's like the biggest elephant in the room it's like it's not happening yeah exactly and (laughs) and, these kids this family no that's not mine so that's how it's his mistress (laughs) like they came from me and her but they're not mine yeah Yeah. (laughs) and they're just here all the time (laughs) now i was reading a little bit about it and i'll give her uh some credit because i kind of do feel bad for her uh okay. michelle armstrong. i feel like that's most cases with well like for the citation that it's going to be weird but okay. michelle armstrong partita i believe she is a professor uh she w- did a big paper on this clerical okay. stuff and it just felt weird to read this uh my own study of 14th century episcopalian visitation records find that a greater number of parish clergy chose to enter into a marriage-like relationship that involved a family and a household rather than a short-term affair or casual sex. So if they are going to molest you, it's going to be a long-term affair, and they're not just going to leave you out in the <laughs> night. I'm sorry, I had to I had to do that. And I just feel bad that she has to go through all these clerical yeah. records and be like, banged, banged. <laughs> bang bang this is a constant relationship yeah oh this isn't just a one and done they're out of here uh so that's what i had to research for this golf and okay golf uh, and this catholic priest or whatever catholic priest um now him and marion oh him and marion cardinal beaton and marion here Mm -hmm. they had eight children together nice by however he's not done though oh god by a steady stream of mistresses i guess other mistresses (laughs) He had fathered some 20 illegitimate Jesus. children, some of whom he later appointed to well-positioned, well-paid positions in the church. So wait, he had his, basically his main mistress and then just other chicks too. Yep. And he had almost two, like a time, like almost 150% more children with the other women than he had with his normal, <laughs> normal mistress. He had mistress mistresses. And there's like an actual like name for this kind of stuff. That's hilarious. So like everybody so many, was doing yeah, it. Yeah, so many priests were doing it, and, and it's like <laughs> her study was on people in Spain, and this is happening in Scotland. So it's not just a regional thing. This is something that's happening <laughs> in the church. Um, Beaton, the cardinal here, not a well liked person in Scotland. Okay. To some in Scotland, Beaton and his actions came to personify pretty much everything that was corrupt and wrong with the church and that they wanted to change about it. He's like, he's banging a bunch, he, he's banging all of our women, he's spending <laughs> all of our money, I mean, he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Yeah. Not a fun time. <laughs> so on top of this all, not only did people see Beaton as the person to blame for the outbreak of this current war going on mm-hmm. that, you know, is ravaging Scotland, uh, they also blamed him for another war 
war earlier with England in 1542. <laughs> so he's caused two wars. He's spending Jesus. all of our money. Okay. He is he is setting records here. He nice. is just, <laughs> not the ones you want. Though. Exactly. Yeah. No. Not the, not the ones. The the bad records. He said. Like all. I would never want a record of like fitting as many straws as I can like in my yeah. mouth. Like who wants that shit? Yeah. <laughs> or you know yeah like. <laughs> causing the worst disaster or something yeah. like oh god that was pirate's <laughs> boat's abilities you get the guinness book of world records gives you a little plaque for causing like a giant pile up like oh uh, <laughs> great job yeah <laughs> thanks i survived as a cardinal and an archbishop beaton had also begun going publicly after and pursuing people he deemed to be protestant heretics at a time when people were already starting to turn against him so he was already not well liked and he was already then going after people, accusing them of being heretics. And we know how this ends up in our show here. So uh, I like to introduce a new character into mm-hmm. this, Mr. George Wishart. Uh, thank you for having a last name I could pronounce there. <laughs> he is a Protestant reformer, and unbeknownst to him, he is a soon-to-be Protestant martyr coming. <laughs> now... When researching his early life, when I was, you know, kind of finding out mm-hmm. how he came like, to be, wait, wait, is martyr like someone who died it, died in a cause? Died in a cause? Yes. Oh, I didn't. I didn't think. Yes. Okay. Yes. I thought I knew the definition. Yes. So while I was kind of researching his early life here, a lot of the sources that I was looking at, enough to cause concern for me, were using kind of verbiage and words that made me question even if they were sure of what they were talking about. <laughs> So this is a quote that I pulled right from there. Okay. Quote. So was it like confusing to read? It's not even confusing. It's just very like, you know, I'm I, I'm not gonna be for sure here. I'm not gonna say for sure, but you'll <laughs> hypothetically, you'll, yeah, apparently, uh, this might have happened. Yeah, and you'll see what I mean okay. here. So this is the first quote. He was probably called George after his maternal grandfather of Grand Duke Prior George Lamont. The name was certainly derived from his mother's family. Well, was it or wasn't? Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> I don't know. He was probably called it after his grandfather. Mm-hmm. If you're not sure, don't say it. Uh, another one here that I loved. Uh, quote, <laughs> he may have graduated Master of Arts probably at King's College <laughs> and was certainly a student at the University of Laverne, from which he graduated in 1531. In 1539 or 1540, he may have visited Germany and Switzerland, <laughs> but by 1542, he had entered Corpus Christi College in Cambridge, where he studied and taught. Did he or didn't yeah, he did fucking he do not? any like, of that? <laughs> he may like, have visited Germany. Did they, like, we don't have know. records of students back then or not. It's like using like a Ouija board. It's yeah. like, is there a ghost here? And it just tells you maybe. Like I said, <laughs> I could have, like, I could have said that shit and I wouldn't have been able, like, I didn't even need to read <laughs> yeah. it and I could have made that up. He may have graduated from college he i don't might know. have been on the moon um now also he, he may have been quote the scottish man called wishart acting as a messenger to england for a 1544 plot so he might have been called this okay person, i believe that that sounds pretty simple against this same <laughs> cardinal cardinal david beaton however okay. some historians have accepted this identification others are skeptical other possibilities include another George Wishart, <laughs> Bailey, another one, another one <laughs> Bailey of Duntee, who also aligned himself with others who hated David Beaton. <laughs> so it's this another guy with the same name who hates this same cardinal. This is fucking ridiculous. 
Did they know each other? I don't think paths? so. That's what I, I like researched to see if these are two different people because they have two different titles. And I was like, I think these are just two of the same people with the same names who hate the same guy. I would like oh, to imagine they're like at a rally, like an anti-David Beaton rally. It's like, oh yeah, my name is George. Oh, my name is George. George Wishart. George Wishart too. Oh my God. <laughs> and they like become a partner or something like that. Uh, now, the normal G- George Wishart, the one we're going to talk okay. about, not... It's so goddamn confusing. The one who may have been named after wh- okay. whoever the, the one that we were the originally main, talking about. Yeah, okay. the one we we're originally talking about. He was a little bit of a rabble rouser. Uh, he was kind of rabble rouser. Yeah, kind of raising some, you know, a little bit so of trouble. Raising some rabble. Yeah, raising. I was actually going to make it that exact joke, <laughs> but you hit me to it. Uh, but yeah, kind of just a little bit of a talking out, kind of uh, rallying, because he's Protestant and Scotland is still Catholic, so okay. they're going to be kind of looking at him. Uh, now, dating back to the time when he may or may not have been at college and teaching, we can't tell for sure yeah. exactly <laughs> who the fuck knows, uh, he was investigated for heresy by a local bishop in Scotland, causing him to flee to England. So if he was there, if he was studying, he was investigated by <laughs> whatever. Again, fucking stupid. <laughs> Maybe now, this is like all his alibi from like exactly. Like I, I may have, did. I may or may not have been there. I, yeah. I can't tell for sure. I can't. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. However, a year after he fled to England, we know for sure at one point he was in England. Okay. A similar charge of heresy was leveled against Wishart by our good old friend Thomas Cromwell, Woo! someone who had already been executed. Yeah. <laughs> connections, connections. Okay. Um, now through the late 1530s and 1540s. This Wishart guy kind of bounced between England and Scotland for different political and religious purposes. Kind of, they hate me here. I'm going to go up there. Things okay. are cooled down. I'm going to come back. Not really aligning with one group in particular, just kind of being himself. Just, I'm doing me. Yeah. You know, I'm taking a <laughs> year off from college. I'm doing me. Um, starting in 1544, this is when Wishart really starts to embark on the Protestant preacher life. Okay. Starts to travel around Scotland from east to west, it was said, from east to west, okay. denouncing the errors of the papacy and the abuses in the churches. Wait, so this is the same guy, the father of eight and plus 20 kids or whatever? No, no, this is that George Wishart guy. George Wishart guy? George Wishart, he is the Protestant reformer. Oh, he yeah, okay. is anti 20 kids guy. Oh, okay. He's anti 20 okay. kids guy. Yep. That's so who's the, 20 kids guy again? The cardinal. David Beaton. And then we're talking about? George Wishart, a Protestant just kind of preacher. So he's Uh, just kind of going around the countryside of Scotland talking about Protestant. Wishart and Beatheart. Wishart and Beatheart. Okay, gotcha. Uh, I wish (laughs) So traveling along with him is a small group of kind of Protestant thinkers. It's his posse. It's his entourage. You know, you get the lead singer and then you get the, you know, the people who are telling along the security guy, you know. Mm Mm-hmm. You can't just a lead singer does doesn't just roll across the country by themselves oh, on tour. There's a yeah, there's a crew. Yeah, you know it. <laughs> and their crew, their groupies. Exactly. Dealers. These are the, mm. this is his posse. Maybe a few groupies in there, but he's like, we can change that idea on the no wives <laughs> thing. Or actually, no, let's keep it with the no wives. Fuck that shit. Yeah. And he's like, oh, that's a good <laughs> idea. Um, including a fellow named John Knox. Who he would go on this John Knox guy? Not Johnny Knoxville. I so close. I was like, <laughs> is this a reference to him? Is Johnny Knoxville like a yeah. deep, th- deep cut on Scottish no, history? Some ver- summed up version of him. Pretty much, yeah. So <laughs> this John Knox guy, what he did is he put a bunch of bees in a room and then just trapped David Beaton. In. No, like, 
he hit him in the nuts repeatedly and then did a, <laughs> he has to pee out of a catheter. Uh, but no, he... <laughs> Is that actually what they did on one of the episodes? Well, I think Johnny Knoxville was saying how, like, after whatever John, uh, jackass, he had to pee it with a catheter. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was like... <laughs> oh, that's gotta hurt. Yeah, oh, fuck. It's t- and then they're like, jackass four let's do it uh, which i mean I'm, I'm super excited for but at the same yeah. time i'm like is got... bam Margera in it i think they kicked him off of it like yeah. i think all he had to do was just be sober for the movie and he couldn't do it i feel so bad for him because mm-hmm. he was like a big like someone i loved growing up as like a skater oh yeah and he, it's just like he's gotten a lot of chances here and you just wish and hope for him to do better here yeah. and all of his friends are like come on dude come on but we can't keep and he's like much. resentful and blames a lot of people for his like Oh, it's, yeah it's so bad uh, i feel like bad garbage. for him yeah i feel bad for him but jackass four in theater soon i guess uh yeah. something like that <laughs> we don't pr- we weren't permitted or we weren't paid to promote it but yeah see it, anyway. it would be nice if we were yeah hint hint no i'm just kidding uh but this john knox guy not i, I literally almost said johnny knoxville it's just nature at this <laughs> yeah. point just all the years of talking john about knox it. john knox uh he would go on to be the one who ignites the scottish reformation so how there's the english reformation there's also the Scottish one. Okay. Uh, that one is very similar to the English one, but just okay. a lot more kilts. No. Interesting. <laughs> a lot more dresses to it now. <laughs> um, and I have a few quotes from this John Knox guy throughout the area. Now, uh, I labeled this section, denouncer of corruption, mm-hmm. meet corruption. Um, <laughs> January 1546, David Beaton begins to summon conventions in Edinburgh and St. Andrews of clergymen here uh, to petition for more large sums of money to defend the Scot, you know, the Scottish realm here against the invading British. Hmm. And this is actually a fun fact I found. This meeting here is actually considered to be the first ever business meeting over a golf course here. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Okay. I'm just kidding. The first business casual meeting at a golf course. (laughs) They had, they had, they hit a few rounds and then Mm. they went to sit down and had a great time. It was great. Um, (laughs) They really worked things out that day. Exactly. I mean, on the golf course, they, they really paced it out. Mm. There was a few money going around. Uh, Now, this is a quote I found about all these, kind of frantic meetings going on in scotland Mm -hmm. quote no scottish bishop or clergy member was able to attend the grand general council in trent so cardinal beaton himself went seeking a dispensation from pope paul iii on the grounds of the overwhelming nature of his duties in scotland has anything i said about him described him being overwhelmed with his work as a cardinal, uh, no, not yeah, at not all. At all. Yeah. I'm banging too many of these broads to have time to do yeah. my job. Damn it! And I will say, Grand General Council definitely sounds like something from Star Wars. That yep. sounds like uh, the big kind of meeting time. <laughs> now, one meeting in January in 1546, the Council at St Andrews they are interrupted by the sudden apprehension of the Protestant preacher George Wishart for Mm. preaching heretical doctrines. (laughs) They arrest him here. Uh, How it goes down is January 19th, 1546, while preaching in Ormiston. So he's in England territory? No, he's in Scotland Scotland here. Oh! Yeah, this is how in Scotland he is. He's in Ormiston in East Lothian in Scotland. That just... You can smell the just meat pie when I said that. Uh, Wishart is kidnapped by a Lord Patrick Hepburn, Earl of Bothwell, on the orders of Cardinal Beaton and taken to 
Elpinistone Castle. That was a hard one to say, I'll be honest. Okay. Before being transferred by the order of the council to Edinburgh Castle. Now, I just briefly looked up this Patrick Hepburn guy. Yeah. I was like, oh, you know, how did how did he come to be? Mm-hmm. How did you get here? Uh, and I found some weird shit about him. Fun stuff. Hepburn was known as the, quote, fair earl. This was more for his looks. Fair than earl? Fair earl. Like, like the name? Yeah, F-A-I-R, like he's fair, and then yeah. earl, like his title. <laughs> more known for his looks than personality, being described as, quote, fair and white as a young boy. <laughs> How pale do you have to be for them in, in northern yeah. Scotland to be like, this kid is white. Um, <laughs> I can't even look at him. Whoa, it's translucent. So <laughs> whoa, it's shiny. At the age of 15... Patrick Hepburn, this guy, Mm -hmm. was imprisoned for two years at the age of 15 for harboring robbers, and once he was released, he decided to evict revenge by becoming a treasonous border raider and siding with England. (laughs) So he's 17, he's like, fuck the Scottish, I'm going to be a border raider. (laughs) After James V, Hepburn signed a pact with Henry VIII, so after James V died, Hepburn signed a pact with Henry VIII here, promising to serve him and aid the bringing of the infant Queen Mary into Henry's custody. So he was going to kidnap the queen. He was going to (laughs) kidnap the baby. And he just never got around to it. Okay. And this is like right after the last podcast. Yeah, this is all like kind of happening like at the same time. He's doing all of this shit. So he, instead of kidnapping the baby, kidnaps a middle-aged guy, I guess. He's like, close enough. (laughs) Close enough. Close enough. (laughs) Fuck it. Uh, Now, uh, we've got a show trial at the castle. Okay. Uh, Now, this is for Wishart. This is very much, pretty much a Mm -hmm. one-sided affair, as we've seen previously with trials in England. Not really all that much (laughs) of a two-sided jury kind of thing that we are used to. (laughs) The trial took place in in St. Andrew's Cathedral in the church here, in the presence of two archbishops and other clergy members uh, as Beaton had moved Wishart to being on the grounds of the castle. He's like, come on in. We've got some shit waiting for you here. (laughs) Uh, Prosecuting Wishart was a gentleman by the name of John Launder. John Launder, his titles were first the Scottish Public Accuser of Heretics, uh, which I believe nowadays is just known as an influencer on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> and he, yep, thank you. Thank like you. actually? No, it's he, well, his real well, title. Not like it's like, twi- like was he like a? He was actually known as the Scot- Scotland's public accuser of heretics. That was his title. Okay. That is a title right there. So explain that a little more for me, please. So he is like the top most person that can accuse you of being a heretic. So a if heretic? he accuses you of being a heretic, so going against Christianity, oh, his word is is bond pretty much. Like, his word is solid. So there. even if you like are like a huge Christian, like he's like, eh, I'm not feeling it. Yeah. Fuck this guy. And he is the one prosecuting him. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> and he is the principal private secretary to David Beaton. So he's... Beaton's second-hand man and the lead accuser here. Okay. Uh, he is also known as the bastard, the bastard son of Sir Robert Lauder of the Bass. So what I saw that was Sir Bob Lauder of the Bass. So that is my favorite, uh, you know, 80s rock star right there. I loved him. Now, John Knox, who was that gentleman we referenced earlier mm-hmm. here, he referred to this John Lauder guy, the public accuser of heretics here, mm-hmm. 
as, quote, a monster full of the Pope's thunder, so spiteful that the ignorant people dreaded least the earth then would have swallowed them up. Well, is he kind of right, though? Pretty much, yeah. yeah so like, he is... Uh, the people he's calling out are kind of trashy. They just got too much power. Yeah, he and evidence points to Lauder accusing and burning deemed heretics as early as 1534. Okay. So at this point, he's been doing it almost 15 years. He's like, you know, <laughs> coming up on two decades here in a few years, it's going to mm-hmm. be a lot of fun, and I'm going to have a little bit of a party coming mm-hmm. here. Uh, so yeah, he is definitely, uh, you could say, full of the Pope's thunder, uh, <laughs> which is fun. Uh, the article or I guess articles of accusation were read against Wishart and in the trial it was deemed to be proven Wishart stone-faced he's not really showing any mm-hmm. emotion here accepted his outcome and was condemned to death by the court oh do you think like he's like in shock or just like fuck it like there's no way of getting out of that I think it's that and yeah. I think he knows what's happening here for his cause he's like they're definitely gonna fucking remember my shit yeah Yeah, (laughs) i know he's not showing that but he's like all right um so he is condemned our friend george wishart here he's condemned to death so you know what that time is it's cookout time Mm -hmm. oh we got a potluck going on we got a potluck and this is going to be quite a literal one here well i can't make chicken wings this time today today's day three of Oh yeah, pescatarian. You, so you could make. Oh, I have a funny story to tell you. Go for it. So um, today's day three. Yesterday was day two. So on day two, you know, I went to you know, yesterday was Saturday. I went to up north in Sandstone, Minnesota, to visit my mom, and you know, I'm just like, okay, I'm gonna get some food. And after I got through the drive-through, I'm just like looking at myself like. How did I like not realize I went through a drive-through of KFC, got some chicken tenders when it's like day two being a pescatarian? <laughs> and that's the thing; it wasn't like an emo- like a thing of like, oh, try to convince yourself not to eat like you know chicken, beef, or like whatever out is out there, and or pork. I just literally like it didn't realize slipped, yeah. I got chicken until I had it in my hand. I'm like, what is wrong with me? <laughs> just no. <laughs> I mean, of any day that that uh, would happen, probably day two. It, yeah. <laughs> it would be so funny if it was totally like. Forgot. I've been Episcopalian for three years, and then I just found myself in the drive-through of KFC yeah. one day. Like that would be funny. But <laughs> wait, is it Episcopalian? Episcopalian? I can't. You say it? I can't I think talk. It's pescatarian. It's probably that. Who anyway, <laughs> but, I failed, but it wasn't like I gave up. I just yeah. forgot. Yeah. You, <laughs> Hot, hot take here. KFC has some pretty great fries. They have, yeah, that, that's what I had too. Chicken tenders and fries with a roll and a cookie. That's a Ooh. good meal there. That's a, another. Also, we were not promoted or like sponsored I was about to say, by we're them. Shilling for all the big companies here, <laughs> but you can make some veggie sticks or something like that. Maybe yeah. like. Uh, no, I got a system down. I'm figuring you it out. That. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I got know I said pigs in the blanket last time for the cookout. Yeah. Maybe. Oh yeah, the cookout. The cookout. <laughs> Maybe I'll go different and bring a dessert. So I'll bring like a like a cookie bar treat. I think that'll be a little fun. You know, get a little bit after the yeah. cookout, a little after the pot. I'm gonna do a tomato cucumber salad. I've been digging it lately with that a little bit good. of virgin extra virgin olive oil extra and virgin. Um, balsamic just vinegar. Yeah, that's them. it. Huh? You said extra virgin olive oil. Mm-hmm. I was like, just like how Henry liked them. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh god. Oh yeah. Not in my uh, salad. Oh no, yeah. Not. In, that's that's why they call it. A Caesar salad and not a Henry salad. <laughs> worst, worst joke of the podcast, boom. Anyway, uh, woo! woo. Uh, now, for this uh, cookout, there are two dates written down. Okay. Uh, first is March 1st, mm-hmm. 1546, and the other is March 28th, 1546. So I'm just going to split the difference and say, March 1546, this guy's going to die. Okay. Uh, I saw more places cite first the first one, literally the first, over mm-hmm. the 28th. Let's go with that. 
again, I have seen two different descriptions for what happened first in this execution. Okay. So I'll go over them. One source reported that George Wishart was strangled before the grand finale. Interesting. The other sources reported that Wishart was placed outside and hanged in a giblet before the grand finale. Now, a giblet is, if you've ever seen, like, decorations at a spooky amusement park. The spirit, yeah. Oh, and a Halloween store, too. But it's like that cage that is kind of shaped like... Why am I thinking guillotine? Is it anything related to that? No. Hold on. I think I might have a picture of said giblet. Find all... Oh, perfect. Here is a picture of said giblet, if you want to kind of... Oh yeah, yeah, go around the table. Oh, I've seen that before. Yeah, well, like haunted, like haunted, yeah, haunted tours, haunted houses, or like ghost adventures when they go to like a medieval castle. It's exactly. like a giant cage that's perfect for your body. But yep, it hangs well, from the top. Does it hang from like their body or from the cage? It looks like it's hanging from the cage. We'll post okay. this on uh, social media. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because this isn't the picture of him because it. He has colonial, colonial wear, but it's a giblet. So that is what <laughs> they said that they put him in. Then, like I said, there was two different sources that said that. Okay. All the sources, though, agreed on what happened next to George Wishart. So either he was already dead or mm-hmm. he was barely conscious, but his body was dragged outside the castle of St. Andrews. There, he was set up on a stake, and then they set him on fire. They burned him at the stake as a heretic. Oh. So like I had mentioned earlier, this water uh, guy has a reputation for burning people at the stake. <laughs> Continued now here. Oh, I don't know. I think, would you rather have your head chopped off or burned alive? Very much the head chopped off, yeah. I'll be honest. Because uh, <laughs> yeah. I feel like, I, w- I would hope like you would just like, boom, boom. black, yeah. right right yeah. when it hits. Gone, okay. bitch. Uh, it's a <laughs> controversial <laughs> statement. Yeah. Being burned yeah. alive. Oh. Not fun. And oh. at the stake. So either the stake's going through you or you're tied to it. I guess that would be a show for a potluck, you know. Very much so. alive. It's like, kids, ugh. kids, grab your marshmallows and hot dogs. <laughs> take a line. Um, <laughs> at the spot. This is how you make a good s'more now. Yeah, exactly. Now you don't <laughs> Just ignore be, the screams yeah, from the man. Now you don't want to be on his body too long. Now if you get too close, skin <laughs> will come off and it'll kind of yeah. affect the marshmallow. <laughs> at the spot. This is the weirdest thing, by the way. This is not the first time it's happened, and I've seen it a few times throughout the mm-hmm. series, but at the exact spot he was killed, they have put up a marker indicating the what the fuck happened there. <laughs> it's so weird when that just happens to yeah. me. It's like, this guy died right the fuck there. Like, mm-hmm. whoa, that's creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I saw this, which is weird. On the other side of the town of St. Andrews, like modern day St. Andrews. Yeah. There's a neighborhood called Wishart Gardens. So I assume that's named after him. <laughs> Probably. Which I guess. Good, Someone knows get the him, history. Get him. Yeah. Woo, I, <laughs> I wonder if the people living there know that. Yeah, exactly. Wait, it's just a garden? It's like a neighborhood. Like oh, okay, a street. Cool, yeah. yeah, like a street and a few <laughs> houses there. Just if you live on in the Wishart Gardens neighborhood of uh, St. Andrews, Scotland, give us a DM on the yeah. social media there. It'll be interesting. <laughs> what are your thoughts on all of this that just happened here? So this execution is a uh, causing a lot of hubbub in the area Mm. here uh even though uh scotland was a lot more catholic friendly than england uh this wishart protestant preacher guy here had gained a lot of sympathizers in scotland so people are pissed people are pissed okay and he was just killed he was just george wishart guy yep that he was just killed many of which 
that were pissed were wealthy landowners who'd normally lived in the area surrounding St. Andrew. (laughs) So the best people to piss off there. Yeah. Uh, One of these landowners had connections to kind of Henry VIII English royalty, even going as far as some having to conspire prior to take out other Catholic leaders. Oh, wow. So he not only pissed off people with connections to this dude, but people who were like, let's fuck off some Catholic guys. So, like, Like, he actually, they killed someone, like, that actually, with, how do I say, the rich people actually have an influence. Yeah, they were kind of close to him and starting to believe in what he was saying, and they are probably close to the English as well. Uh, The death of Wishart, you know, and, and the way they killed him. Which is very uh, publicly, like you were saying, it's a great public spectacle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, definitely sends a statement for better or for worse. It should have been like, can you do it late at night? Yeah. Was, like, so I get around town. Yeah, just <laughs> have him, just throw him in the dungeon. Just throw yeah. him in the pit, you know? <laughs> Fuck it, throw him in the pit. Uh, now, th- this wish heart's death rallied a lot of these Protestants' followers, okay. and they actively began to plot the murder of Cardinal David Beaton. They were like, let's take this fucker out. The execution of Wishart. I'm actually rooting for these people now. I feel, yeah, it's so weird. It's like, who am I rooting for? Yeah. (laughs) Like I said, I can't make this up. This is too complicated and too, like just too, you know, plot deceiving and everyone's (laughs) fucking each other. And it's, it's like an HBO show. Okay. Um, Now the execution of Wishart was more kind of an opportunity or pretext for this assassination than being the direct cause of it. Mm-hmm. So it's like building up, building up, building up. Oh, this motherfucker killed, you know, George. Let's get him. It mm-hmm. wasn't <laughs> everything was chill. And then they killed George and he's gone there. Conspirators for this murder, ex- assassination, execution. I don't know what you want to call it. Uh, were led by a Norman Leslie master of Roths, which is a place in Scotland. I just thought his name as master was cool. And William Kirk Caldy of Grange, which is another place in fucking Scotland. Okay. Everything doesn't sound interesting. Like, all the places aren't all that intimidating sounding, I'll be honest. I'm trying my best here, guys. I'm trying (laughs) my best. Uh, Along with a lot of members in that Norman Leslie's family and just others in Scotland. Now, this is, like I was saying, kind of late 1545, early 15... Actually, it's 1546. I apologize. It's March time. Okay. Since at least April 1544, so almost two years earlier, Norman Leslie had messaged King Henry that he and others were willing to spearhead an ambush and murder of Cardinal Beaton. (laughs) So two years before any of this is happening, he's like, hey, if you guys want, if you want me to go out and kill him, I'm definitely down to do that for you. Okay. If, 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 hey, if you need me to, I can do that for you. So that's something that Henry would actually want? Kind of, yeah. So he's like, hey, I know we, hey, we both hate this guy. So would that benefit them? Them? Yeah. Like these people in Scotland? Henry, yeah. Henry, yes. Okay. People in Scotland, probably not. Okay. Because they'd be under Henry's rule. But Ah, to them, they're like, let's kill this fucker. Uh, So, yeah, they were willing to ambush and murder Cardinal, Cardinal Beaton as he passed through their area on the condition that Henry would assure them with English protection afterwards. I don't know why you would trust Henry's word with anything. Yeah. <laughs> His reputation is total shit. I don't get that, but that's beside the point. <laughs> However, they never received a positive response to act on the plans. They're like, 
Did Henry get back to us? He's walking down the path. I see him. <laughs> do we get a? Do we get? Oh, fuck, he's That's gone. That's not him. Yeah, oh, I forgot. Fuck. Someone wheelbarrows him around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Leslie then fought against the English at that battle we talked about in the last episode. The Anchor more or whatever. Okay. So he's back and forth. He's like, whoever needs me, I'm good for that. Okay, not the grand wooing. Not the well, it's part of the rough wooing. Rough wooing. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> we're still in that big old. It's a war kind of thing here. Uh, now negotiations for the murder of the cardinal were picked up again with Henry in late May 1545. So they died down for a few months there, but then they're like, man, we really fucking hate this guy. What if we killed him? <laughs> They were like, we just need, I know we put it on the docket for a few months here, but I really think we need to talk about how to murder the local cardinal here. <laughs> um, and they would continue at least in through October of that year. So for a solid six months straight, they're talking about how they're going to murder someone. Mm. This must be the most intricately planned murder in the history <laughs> of England. All right. So we fast forward to May 1546. 46, okay. Yeah. All that, I was giving you that pretext because the execution happened in March 1546, so yep. about two months go by here. It's a Saturday. It's May 29th, 1546, like I said. Okay. At daybreak, four groups of around four conspirators each, led, at least in part, by Norman Leslie, that guy, mm -hmm. sneak into the castle. So they these conspirators are now sneaking into the castle. Yeah. They were able to gain entry into the castle by being disguised as stonemasons coming to work on a part of the castle that was under construction. This is now an infiltration secret agent operative. <laughs> this is like every spy movie. Yeah. But just a whole lot stinkier because it's the Middle Ages. Well, at least they're not stealing a desk this time. Exactly. No desks. <laughs> well, let me tell you. No, exactly. <laughs> another group of Irish nationalists. Yeah. No, that would be great. <laughs> now, one group who was led by James Melvin were able to get into the castle by claiming to have an appointment with the Cardinal. That is a shitty guard right there. Yeah. Hey, I have an appointment with the Cardinal. All right. <laughs> come on in. Just, just come on in. You know, but we didn't even need to show him mm -hmm. anything. We just said, hey, and he's like, come on in. It was I weird. like the look of it. He said, nice to see you i'm yeah. like yeah come on in bro <laughs> all the groups reconvene and that group is like we could have just gone through the front door like all of us and they wouldn't have done you had to sneak in you had to crawl through shit i just mm. walked in the front door it was yeah. cool um now it's reported so after they are let in it's reported that as the assassins entered the castle they passed Beaton's mistress, that Mariana, okay. Marian woman. I've listed her as mistress wife because I guess that is the terminology yeah. for them. <laughs> mistress wife, Marian, leaving the grounds, and they're like, mm -hmm. bitch is gone, let's go. At the drawbridge, because, you know, these are all big castles. They probably have a moat and shit mm -hmm. like that. Um, at the drawbridge, that William Kirk Caldy guy, the another one of the lead conspirator guys here, uh, he linked up with another group led by another person in the Leslie family, John Leslie. Uh, these two, plus eight more men, gained entry into the castle as they overpowered the kind of castle's porter, so the main kind of guy who's just keeping everything arranged and mm -hmm. kind of in order. Ambrose Sterling, which that's a fucking sweet name, mm -hmm. Ambrose Sterling, special <laughs> agent right there. Uh, they stabbed him and then threw his body into a ditch, 
which Ooh. is a little excessive. Okay, I'll be so honest. Who stabbed what? Who again? Okay, so the person that was stabbed was Ambrose Sterling. Okay. He worked inside the castle as a porter. Okay. So just kind of your normal, not normal, but keeps everything orderly, moving things, just a general worker guy. There. Yeah. So he was kind of the lead one. So he was stabbed, and then his body was thrown into a ditch by invading conspirators. Okay. The people who hated the cardinal. Okay. They are now invading the castle here. Okay. Uh, all of this commotion... So but, wait, the Scottish are invading the English castle? Or are the no, it's the, it's pretty much the Scottish are invading the Scottish at this point. Okay. That's how confusing this is. Oh, okay. So they, yeah, going back to like they were, they um, they believe they want to be Protestant. Yeah, right? they want to be Protestant. But the rich people don't. <sighs> it's, or the people with the main influence. Of yeah. The the, land. So it's rich Protestants in Scotland are yeah. invading a castle because the castle housed this cardinal that killed their protestant okay. friend i got you I it got is you. like i said so confusing no so no you're I, not got, I got it alone. i got it you're okay. not gonna be alone so rich yeah. people are doing some dirty work it's <laughs> so confusing i like it yes and now so they're attacking they're coming into the castle all of this commotion causes the real actual stonemasons that were there to work on the castle to flee. They're like, oh my God. Ah, get us out of here. Yeah. We're not with them. We're not with them. And they flee. <laughs> also kind of starting to rustle up is the castle's garrison. So the kind of waiting troops that were stationed there. Okay. They start to mobilize. Now, finally, these intruders, these invaders, are mm-hmm. making their way through the castle here. Okay. They're cutting their way through. In my head the entire time, I pictured that scene from Monty Python and the Holy Grail where I think it's Lancelot thinks that he's saving a princess, but it turns out to be a really effeminate man. And he's just slaughtering <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all kinds of old people. Like I through. That. Yeah, that's what I pictured in my head. He's like, I'm sorry. I, I, I thought it was a princess up there. Like they're just slaughtering everyone, <laughs> a bunch of old people. Ah, I'm a priest. Um <laughs> Finally, the group moving through the castle finds Cardinal David Beaton in his bedchamber. So he's in his bedchamber, probably sleeping with a woman. I don't know. Not his wife. His, wife, his <laughs> wife's gone. He's like, all right, come on in. Come on. Come on, come on. She's, she's left the grounds. Come on. Um, it is recorded that a Peter Carmichael stabbed the Cardinal either in his chamber or on the spiral staircase in a block tower. Ooh. So he's getting in there. Beaton was then dragged out of his chamber at the hands of this John Leslie and James Melville guy. He was then, and this is honestly one of the most fitting, just punny things this entire series that I lost (laughs) myself with is Cardinal David Beaton was beaten. To death. Not to death, but he was just beaten the shit out of. (laughs) He was beaten. David Beaton was beaten. I'm just going to keep reiterating that. Mutilated. And then stabbed to death with swords. Ah, okay. After he was dead. Mutilated? Mutilated. So like, okay. Yeah, like kind of carving you up or ah, probably just stabbing him a bunch. Okay. They're probably not the sharpest of swords. They're like, son of a bitch, it's stuck in there yeah. again. Oh, <laughs> I cut him more. Uh, to deter sympathizers in the area of coming back to the castle here, David Beaton was stripped naked and his body was hung in a window facing outside to the castle walls. (laughs) This is some cartel shit right now going on here. 
once. Wait, he wasn't that one thing you were mentioning earlier. That's not the guillotine, but no, he he wasn't in the giblet. That was the guy he killed. Okay, he was in kind of a more kind of a no, brutal no, were, way. I know they were separate. Yeah, but, they, but he in wasn't a br- in that thing. He wasn't in that. This is kind of a more brutal way of like the same thing where Ooh, okay. they're on display for like, hey, don't fuck around. Yeah. Uh, once his body was hung outside for a lengthy amount of time, it was taken down and it was thrown in the dungeon of St. Andrew's Castle. Uh, his dead body? His dead body. Uh, it was, Why does he need to go there? Uh, to Well, so to kind of keep his body away, you know, maybe people will grab him or what have okay. you. It was covered in salt, wrapped in lead, and to they did that to keep him from stinking. Uh, now, it is not known where his remains were finally buried, but there are stories. Indeed, there are stories that the castle of St. Andrews is haunted by the ghost of Cardinal David Beaton. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, it's, it sounds like from all these other ha- haunting stories from like we mentioned in like this like series, it's like all these places are fucking old as shit. Like <laughs> something like, is bound to have happened. Yeah, there. <laughs> something crazy is bound to have like, happened. Anyone there. can haunt this place at this point. And I assume that lady we talked about a few episodes ago that can get in contact is like, oh, really? There's a ghost yeah. story there? Go, 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 well, go. We got to get certified, right? Oh, yeah. We do need to do yeah. that. That's going to be a big thing. <laughs> what was it, like $200? Oh, at least for the lowest level, but oh, we're not God. low level. Yeah. We're high. <laughs> uh, now, at the time, uh, it was widely believed that David Beaton's death was in the interest of Henry VIII of England in his campaigns against Scotland. So you were kind of hinting at that. Henry would be okay with it. Mm-hmm. He would be cool with uh david beaton dying Mm. inside the castle at the time of the attack though it wasn't just david beaton and his mistress wife okay it was also the son of the regent of scotland so how mary had that guy who was actually running her camp her kind of kingdom for her yeah that was the guy that beat out david beaton for the position okay yeah david beaton kidnapped his son what? He kidnapped his son. He had the Earl, or yeah, the the uh, this gentleman, or this son here, he is an Earl, and he is second after his father in line for the crown of Scotland. David Beaton had taken him hostage prior to this whole attack here. Mm-hmm. Instead of now releasing him, the Protestants took this kid hostage again what <laughs> we have another child being ho- taken hostage twice in their in their life in this goddamn series is this a scottish tradition god damn it <laughs> to regain control of the castle okay and kind of settle everything that was happening here the ex-queen of scotland mary de geis or whatever so this is Mary's mother, I believe, or at least someone in line for that kind of shit here. Mary, Queen of Scots mother? Yes. Okay. Named Mary. Not confusing at all, I know. (laughs) Um, She ordered troops into St. Andrew to push out the occupiers. She's like, go on in and bomb them out pretty much here. However, the occupiers of the castle here are now fortifying their hold on it and have intentions of never leaving the premises. (laughs) Now, just to kind of, you know, a lot, I just threw a lot at you. Let's just sum this up quick. Okay. This murder assassination plot 
has now transformed itself into a full-fledged international armed siege. Really? <laughs> yes, as nice. everything is now just ex escalating to way too much intensity <laughs> here. This is now the so third part. really out of hand. This is the third part of the events they mentioned at the beginning. <laughs> this is now the Great Siege of St. Andrews. Oh, are we really on number three? We are now on number three. The okay. first one was the burning of General, or George Wishart. Okay. Second was the murder of David Beaton. Okay, got Beaton. And, and then, then the third the... one is the Siege of St. Andrews. Now, the first big... And this is all in the tower? Yeah, this is all in the castle ground, so it's kind of like a mini kind of... Kind of fortressy Where area. golf was maybe started close by okay you can see the greens <laughs> if you if you hit too far into the wind and it carries it you can hit this castle pretty much <laughs> okay uh now there's a lot of frantic political maneuvering on both sides of the fight here in scotland inside of the castle in england as well in scotland parliament was well occupied with dealing with everything that associated with the start of the siege uh on June 11th, 1546, so how I said this started at the end of May, mm -hmm. this is like two weeks later, they're like, <laughs> oh God. Uh, June 11th, 1546, they issued a proclamation that no one shall sell the castle occupiers any kind of supplies. They're like, don't sell them anything. We're gonna <laughs> beat, we're gonna, you know, starve them out pretty much. <laughs> the local landowners that, uh, kind of were affiliated with them but didn't get involved in the taking of the castle they were called in to plead their case in front of the pretty much the regency council in edinburgh but they refused to show up and they were like no thank you that sounds like a trap i don't think we're <laughs> gonna go there uh norman leslie the guy who kind of orchestrated this whole thing okay uh he was declared a traitor and eventually norman and the other guy kirk caldy uh, along with all their accomplices, were excommunicated from the Catholic Church. Wait, They're... was Norman the one that like said whatever it says goes with like you know convicting people, or is it somebody else? I think that's the other guy. Oh, that's okay. John Laundry. Okay. Or Laundy, or whatever the fuck La his name. <laughs> Laundry. John Laundry. Sounds like a good name there. Uh, Norman Leslie was the head of the conspirators, so he oh, was okay. the guy who he was the guy who, out of nowhere, said to Henry, "Hey, we'll kill David Beaton if you oh, want yeah, us to." Yeah. Uh, the occupiers inside the castle, mm -hmm. they start to communicate with King Henry down in England for help with their fight. They're like, hey, we're way too in over our heads here. Anything you can do to help us out here? You know, mm -hmm. maybe just a little bit of help. Um, uh, Kurt Caldy negotiated with Henry for supplies, offering the child, the hostage, James Hamilton, to become a hostage in England. <laughs> They're like, hey, we got a kid that we already taken hostage. How about you take him hostage? Yeah. He goes three times in a row. How about that <laughs> kind of shit? Um, in September 1546, so a few months into this kind of preparation for the siege, mm -hmm. Henry ordered supplies to be sent into ships, and in return, those local landowners, they would hand over Hamilton to be brought back to England. However, this trade never ended up happening there. Like... We can't trust. No one is trustworthy. We can't okay. trust ourselves. We can't trust him. He can't trust us. <laughs> Fuck it. That, that was the official uh, decree. Fuck okay. it. Fuck it. So uh, what happened to him? James Hamilton. He was. Yeah. Oh, he's still held inside the castle here. Oh, okay. Yes. Now. And how old is he? I didn't see anything, but he's like the son of the region. So he's okay. he doesn't have any political power, but he's. Is the, he like a kid or an? Adult? Yeah, he's a kid. Okay. He is the son of the person who controls Scotland. So you kind of have good. Uh, 
kind of good leverage right there. Yeah. Kidnapping a son or a child. <laughs> both son- sides, not both sons, but both sides soon t- began to plan ahead for a long siege. They were like, oh. there's no way we're getting out of this in two weeks. No, there's nothing. What's, is, what's a siege again? A siege like, a, is, like a war or defense? Yeah, it's, or? it's kind of a stalemate thing. So a siege would be like they take over a town and one oh, okay. side is kind of surrounding them and then they're holding out there so how there's those last few days of kabul in afghanistan if they had held out longer it would be the siege of kabul or what happened okay they kind of fell out pretty quick here okay Uh, monasteries in scotland were ordered to pay a tax of over six thousand pounds towards the cost of recovering the castle so now even in death david beaton is fucking over everyone in scotland causing them to pay six thousand (laughs) dollars to fix his mistakes jesus even in the afterlife he went down with two middle fingers up he's like i hate you all um the protestant inside the inside the castle the garrison there uh began to harass the countryside around the area raising fires and quote using their bodies in leechery with fair women i think that's old english speak for rape but i can't be for sure yeah. right there but they were <laughs> using their bodies with fair women in the very least right there and so, <laughs> that and setting fires everywhere two things <laughs> fires and have sex with women yeah england mm-hmm. now october so this is kind of leading up to the first movements of the siege the first movements are october 1546 when the region of scotland the father of the hostage, that's not an official term, but that's one I'm just giving to him okay. right now here, mm-hmm. uh, gave the signal to the troops outside of St. Andrews to begin their main siege preparations. That mainly is digging a large-sized tunnel underneath the castle walls. <laughs> They're literally going to dig a tunnel underneath to get inside this <laughs> castle. Now, this it, is like a Looney Tunes episode. <laughs> pretty much because it is unclear what their main objective was because there's been two things cited. One, either just building a tunnel and popping out underneath <laughs> it or using the tunnel as a place to store like a bunch of gunpowder and explosives. That's not a bad idea. And then blowing that up and causing a giant hole in the front gate. Okay. Looney Tunes both yeah. ways. That's the thing. <laughs> I could see Acme expl- like Acme XXX on those uh, gunpowder ca- cases. I could see that being an issue. Like one, if you actually knew it was gonna work and create a hole. Yeah. Like, is that the only way to get in? I mean, they were kind of blocked off, and because it's on the ocean, you really can't have a three hundred. Okay, so that could work. Around. Okay. It could work. Uh, though word started to spread of this tunnel here. Mm-hmm. Kind of around the area, and you know, it's probably a lot of people coming and going, a lot of dirt. People for like getting ready for a hole to pop out. Yeah. Of the <laughs> well, the forces on the inside of the castle, they got word of it, and they began to construct their own counter tunnel. <laughs> no way. Yes. Now, <laughs> the counter miners, <laughs> they just like find each other. Oh, it oh, gets no. even better because the. Please ca- tell me they fight each other like underground. Oh, I fucking I. I'm not 100% sure on that, but I, what I will say is the counterminers, <laughs> is what they were called, could only see the entrance point of the mine on the other side, like where okay. they came in. And they were said to be guided by the sounds under the ground of the excavation. So they're like putting their ears to the dirt and it's like that way. <laughs> Now, this guy, that guy could be full of shit for all you know. Like, okay, we'll just keep digging. Just listen to him. 
it took the defenders three different starts, Wait, three what? different attempted counter tunnels to finally reach the other main tunnel that the attackers were digging. Really? They had okay. to go three times because they're like, fuck, we're going the wrong way. <laughs> Shit. We have to start over again. Uh, <laughs> the funniest part to me is the conditions and the styles of the tunnels. Yeah, and like we'll, that thing could like collapse on you. Well, I'll, we'll post pictures because I did find pictures of the tunnels because they're actually huge they're tourist. Still attra- they're tourist attractions. No, wait, how big are they? Well, okay, so okay, I'll let you. I'll let you talk. <laughs> You're so excited about these tunnels. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Tunnelcast with Paul and Nolan. Um, now the t- the styles and kind of how they were built reflect the motives and the feelings of the people who are digging the tunnels here. Mm-hmm. The attackers, the region here, their tunnels are large and kind of orderly constructed with a consistent plan throughout them. Okay. Because they just know point E, point A, dig straight, head on in, mm-hmm. or whatever route Did they're you say taking. Point E and point A? Uh, pretty much, yes. Why not point A to point B? Because I don't know what I'm doing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. Oh. If we're digging tunnels, I'm going to take the lead on this. Exactly. All right. So I'm just going to turn the <laughs> monitor around to you. Uh, the defenders, though, the counter tunnel guys yeah. here, their tunnels are a lot smaller, Okay. less consistent, and most of all, way more curvy and kind of inconsistent (laughs) because they are frantically constructed them reflecting their time constraints on the approaching (laughs) other tunnels coming into there they're just stressed out making a tunnel (laughs) just digging as fast as they can to get inside there um absolutely bonkers oh god Uh, what if instead of going over we went under (laughs) defending the mine construction at least for the uh you could say attackers the regions pretty much where artillery and armed troops they're like just protect this little hole in the ground pretty much here mm-hmm. this hole in the ground is actually how golf started no i'm just kidding <laughs> that would be great uh this is just a big old bunker. so they have like the main soldiers in the defense making this yeah like just kind of auxiliary and like but wouldn't I, like the people making the main tunnel also be like soldiers or whatever i feel like yeah probably your main guy well probably not your main main guys but I find it hard that they would just have like miners just to come back okay once yeah. you get like through just go back and we'll they, get the they, soldiers going they, they captured those fleeing stonemasons yeah like we can put you to work now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh now local scottish fighters were contracted by generals to kind of man and operate the larger pieces of artillery so they paid some people to ju- just fire some guns which sounds pretty cool like mm-hmm. hey you want to shoot at this castle with a big gun Would that be like a militia then yeah, I think you okay. could probably put that in there. Uh, included in the region's guns were artillery pieces named, quote, the Crookmow. Nice. Who? Thorny Mouth. Thorny Mouth? I guess, yeah. Thor- like Thorny Mouth, pretty much. Like, okay. You got a Thorny Mouth there, boy. <laughs> and Deaf Meg. Deaf Meg. Deaf Meg, like Meg Griffin yeah. lost her hearing. Uh, the- oh, Deaf? Deaf, D-E-A-F. Oh, <laughs> yeah, like deaf, like I can't hear. Um, <laughs> the regent said to the occupiers of the castle that if they left and released his son, their hostage, he would escort them to another another castle for negotiations, but they refused these terms as well. They were like, no, that sounds like another trap there, boy. No, thank you. <laughs> Fighting, though, finally breaks out between the two. They're like, oh, God, we can't just finish this mine. Oh, they finally like got through in the tunnels? Or did they just say, fuck it, let's just go on top? Uh, a little bit of both sides. Okay. Like, kind of <laughs> start shooting at each other. And, like, they kind of see the fighting coming down here. Okay. Uh, by November, rumor is starting to spread that England and Henry were going to get involved on the side of the defenders of the castle. Mm-hmm. They're like, 
uh-oh, I think Henry's going to be doing something. Who knows what the fuck's going to happen? He fucks everything up here. Scottish troops start to reposition to ward off a sea invasion or a resupply because they were right on the water. So they okay. start to do that. As swindled, or as swindled, as supplies dwindled mm-hmm. down here, defenders of the castle made a new exit in the east wall for access to the sea. So they just demolished one of their own walls, and they're like, there we go, we got that. <laughs> we're not going to die. Supplies were received from a local supporter but over 20 men died because of poor rations and bad fish. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> that, what a way to go. He got burned at the stake. He got murdered. He died of bad fish. Yeah. <laughs> the worst way to go. Mm-hmm. Now comes December, in particular, December 18th, 1546. This is known as the Colorful Appointment. A colorful appointment. Yep. They had a bunch of crayons and <laughs> they had a lot of books. Now, now this that name was coined by our friend John Knox. Okay. Um, negotiations began between the two sides on this kind of December day over the arrangements to end the fighting. Negotiations for the regent, uh, people fighting, d- tunnel makers, okay. <laughs> going in tunnels. Yeah. Uh, negotiators for the regent included some very important people like Sir David Lindsay of the Mount, Lion King of Arms. That's his full fucking title. Wait, what? Oh, that was not, I thought you like said two separate things. Oh, no. So his name is Sir David Lindsay of mm. the Mount. So he has a horse. Okay. Comma, Lion King of Arms. Lion King. His title is Lion King of Arms. Yeah, He's the Lion King. A, yeah. He's the Disney legit movie. Lion yeah. King. We found him. <laughs> we found him. Uh, now we need the king of the hill. Mm-hmm. King of the... <laughs> Eventually, yeah, if you shoot enough artillery at this uh, castle. Next was the next big name negotiator, Earl Archibald the Red Campbell. Did you say Archibalds? Ar- I wish. Archibald the Red Campbell. Oh, yeah, he was my favorite WCW wrestler from the 1980s. <laughs> Earl Archibald the Red Campbell. <laughs> Love him. And then finally, Lord Grey. That was his whole name, Lord Grey. <laughs> it's simple, short, got it good. I he saw I saw like a like a villain, like a like a very mystique, like mm-hmm. very mystic Lord Grey. But those were the <laughs> very negotiators. Simple man back yeah, in his day. that's you could tell that's by a trio. That's a trio. You got the Lion King, W wrestler, and a villain from a spooky mo- movie. <laughs> Lord Grey. Lord Grey trio, great. The defenders inside the castle. They had two big things that they wanted to get, mm-hmm. or the main thing they wanted to get was absolution from the Pope for the murder of the Cardinal, Okay. and that they would be allowed to surrender on good terms. They were like, please, I don't want to go to hell, and don't fuck us in these negotiations. Yeah. Those are our two main <laughs> things here. I feel like it's not going to work out. Really, it's not, as the actions on both sides have been described as both cynical and desperate. <laughs> Wait, cynical? Cynical and desperate, like... Yeah, right. Like okay, very, yeah. very anti-life. Uh, and weirdly enough, so I, what I was thinking too. Like, yep. <laughs> weirdly, I've been described both as cynical and desperate. So I kind of relate. I was really like this. Um, uh, quote, there is no likelihood that either side was genuine in its negotiations. <laughs> you can even tell that now. Yeah, like, <laughs> like every, everyone was trying to fuck everyone here. <laughs> the request from the defenders was pretty much just a means of prolonging the, the fighting here. Okay. In the hopes of getting financial or military help from the English. They were like, if we kind of hold this off, the English will help us. As they knew that what was happening in mainland Europe, the Pope would never absolve them. They were like, 
that won't ever happen. Mm. Fuck it. Quote, a meeting of the Privy Council at St. Andrews on December 19th, so the next day, Mm -hmm. discussed how the castle was not winnable except by famine. (laughs) Either we don't win or they all starve to death. So So what are... So they were just starving them out. That's what they're... They were like, that's the only way we're going to win here. The tunnel. I don't think... I don't believe in this tunnel. (laughs) Everybody's hungry after making it. Exactly. Oh, God. the tunnel. (laughs) Progress between the two sides for these negotiations started to etch along here. As a pledge of good faith, the defenders sent two hostages to the regent, two younger sons of a local landowner and a brother of a lord... I only saw him known in the sources I read as, quote, the old person. So he must have been super old, <laughs> and he never had his name recorded. He was just the old person there. So okay. that was a hostage. I'll take the two kids and the old person. That's his name. Um, <laughs> as a, diplom- a diplomatic advisor to the ex-queen of Scotland, Mary, that woman we talked about a little bit earlier, this advisor suggested to the regent of Scotland that they should promise to those in the castle what they were negotiating for, and when they left the castle here, they all promptly be beheaded. What if we were just lying to them the whole time? Yeah. What, if, <laughs> what if that was our strategy there? Surprisingly, they didn't elect to go with that one. <laughs> I don't know why. Weird. Huh? However, at this point, the fighting between them kind of started to die down. It's December. Okay. Fighting Everybody's like hungry. They're tired from making tunnels. It's and fucking cold. Yeah. It's windy. It's they like, don't... I'm done. That guy ate bad fish. He's dead. Let's just yeah, get out of here. I don't, I don't even want to touch it. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll, I also do suspect there's probably a little bit of like, oh, there's probably a lot of Christian holidays coming up yeah. in these coming weeks. Maybe we just want to chill out on preparing to murder mm-hmm. other Christians there. And the other big thing why it was coming to a stalemate here at the end of 1546 is because the English did not actually end up sending troops to support them up in this castle. Okay. There's a pretty good reason for why those troops were never sent up there. So, like, the ones... Did they actually ever get in? So, I didn't get a... a Fully into they it. Just, they, they both they, gave up. Right? So there was another siege that happened, like another resumption of the siege. Okay. Then the French come in, and this goes on for a few more years. But there's something we very much need to talk about right now that okay. we've been leading to for a few episodes here that I finally promised, and I oh, need to fulfill God. my promise. Thank that, you, God. That is, finally. we need to reach January 1547. You found Waldo. I found him. He's there. <laughs> he was in the back corner behind the dog shop the entire time (laughs) now we have said this for many episodes now we've mentioned it earlier in the episode tonight henry is not in a good state of health for the last few years Mm -hmm. of his life now he had suffered earlier in his life he was strangled by his metal chain that he kept to his slave he he was from princess leia (laughs) i thought you were gonna go with he was a very kinky fellow oh no slave (laughs) strangled him now, earlier in his life, at different times, he had suffered two major jousting accidents. We had mentioned one oh, briefly. Oh, wasn't that? Yeah, that was a downfall. Like, he got like, yep. more out of shape. Now, 1536 is when kind of the last major one happens. He was in his 40s. Henry fell off his horse. The horse, covered in armor, mm-hmm. then fell on top of him. Oh! That's like 3,000 pounds, probably. That's Horses are so fucking thick. Yeah, yeah. And then you get full mm-hmm. armor on those. That's like a car landing on you. Henry was Ow. unconscious for two hours. Oh. Two hours. According to legends. So wait, if the horse fell on him, could would, would it be possible, like, that metal, like, the metal, like, 
that his suit is made out of just bend with it and he's like stuck that way or i feel like yeah it does like as much as that metal suit that he's probably in yeah helped him a little bit it probably didn't save a full you know horse and <laughs> also armor falling on him which is fucking bonkers that he's a survived that mm-hmm. um and two woke up like two hours later now, according to <laughs> legends, when he woke up from... It wasn't Catherine the Great killed by a horse, or is that all rumors? I think that was probably rumors. Okay, but you know the one I'm talking about, right? I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, okay. Well, oh, Catherine the Great. I was thinking of Catherine of Aragon. I don't oh, know no, that. No, okay. I don't know that off the top of my head. Too many damn Catherines. Okay. Um, when he awoke from being knocked unconscious from this horse thing, it's said, according to legends, the injury suffered caused a dramatic change in his personality, leading to his reputation. I argue... Probably not. He was probably an asshole for his entire yeah. life. This just made it worse. <laughs> I think his reputation led to his reputation. His actions <laughs> led to it more so. Uh, on the surface, though, he was also starting to show signs of kind of debilitating ailments here. Uh, he had to be moved around, like we said, with the use of mechanical <laughs> devices. Uh, as he was morbidly obese and his legs were too frail to support his weight. Uh. He was covered with painful, pus-filled boils. And dating back to at least that 1536 jousting accident, he had wounds that never completely healed in a safe manner. Did they ever like specify like where he was like injured? Like they, I like only back, saw a leg. Okay. I saw a leg, and I actually saw it specified. We don't know which leg. So you get two <laughs> options. You get maybe two choices. Yeah, two choices. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, if it was that George Wishart guy, would be like maybe it was leg, maybe it was his arm. We don't know. Um, he might not even be dead. He could still be alive for all we know. Um, uh. So he, his wounds, they never completely healed, and they became pretty much chronic and covered in scars and ulcers. Not a good situation here. Okay. Now, those are what we know he suffered from. There's, however, a lot of theories of what he suffered from that are floating out there that yeah. are kind of rumors, pop history, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And I found a good article that kind of debunked a few of those from someone that has a medical researcher. Okay. So what are we debunking? The title of it is what was the medical cause of the death of Henry the eighth? Okay. And this is just some other rumored things that caused the death of Henry Mm -hmm. the eighth. I like to shout out Alex Samuels. He is the person that wrote said article. Alex Samuels. Shout out. Maybe I'll send him a message. Hey, Mm -hmm. we mentioned you in a podcast. Please don't hate us. I don't know. I asked him what he bring in the potluck. Oh, I love it. <laughs> now, the first thing that he lists that's a, a theory, a rumor of what mm. Henry died from is scurvy. Scurvy? Like what all the pirates yeah, fucking suffered from. <laughs> scurvy. Scur- pirate, I'm pirate King Henry VIII. Now, there was no evidence for his scurvy. Watch right. me in a rated R Arrgh movie. <laughs> now, yep. No evidence of scurvy. Mm-hmm. He ate a lot of meat. But because he was king and had pretty much access to anything that his heart desired at this point, mm-hmm. he could import virgin women. He could probably get fruits and vegetables. Oh, fuck. That's he fuck. had well, not fruits and vegetables, but the other things, fuck. So he probably had access to these things more than your normal Englander at this point. Mm-hmm. So you really can't say that he died of scurvy and doesn't really add up. Okay. Second thing, this uh, Mr. Samuels here debunks malaria. 
Okay. No, he did not die of malaria. Uh, Henry was still partially active to the end here. I, I assume mm-hmm. partially active is just shoving more food into yeah. his mouth, but still partially active Popping there. his boils. <laughs> Ooh, that's a nasty thought. Um, gout. Uh, that sounds pretty reasonable. Uh, but he says no. Possible, okay. but not likely. Due to genetic conditions from his father and his, quote, excessive eating and drinking, it is not likely. Uh, now, Wait, don't you get gout from, like, an unhealthy lifestyle and being overweight? I can see that, how people can yeah, see that. Okay. Despite that, he probably didn't die of gout. Uh, syphilis, <laughs> the STD. That could be a thing. While he did suffer from some conditions associated with syphilis, such as the kind of shit on his leg, pretty much, the <laughs> ulceration on his leg, Henry did not have the, quote, paralysis of the insane, end quote. He was just a fucking asshole. <laughs> Wait, do you go crazy if you have syphilis? Yeah, if you have unchecked syphilis, that's, that was a big sign of it. And, like, before we had a lot of treatment for it is you go oh, crazy. Okay. Like, you go, like, actually, like, insane. Not okay. like, oh, she's acting up. She's insane. It's oh, like paralysis scary. of the insane. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Ooh, that's uh, fucked. And so he didn't have that condition. He only had the physical conditions. Okay. And at no point was he was it noted that he received this error's treatment for syphilis, which would have been a nice, healthy dose of just straight mercury. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Which probably might solve your syphilis, but definitely will do a lot of a lot worse <laughs> things to you at the same time. So a little bit of A, a little bit of B there. Isn't that like straight up a poison for you? Yep, that's why it's called mercury poisoning. Yeah, yeah. That's like if, Wait, does that kill you fast or slow or depending I think it's on the a sl- so I think that's what mad as a hatter. I think that's yeah. what that is from. Okay. I know I don't know if it was in your class but in elementary school they had like the old timey mercury thermometer and it was all right. Yeah, I children that. back I 10 feet that. away. This thing is made of glass and if it do- if it drops we're all out of here outside. Like okay. that's how dangerous Do mercury they was. Not, like make those? No, they around? try and make them from non-toxic things. Mercury oh, okay. is pretty bad for you. So that's well, what they I knew that, but yeah, but like isn't there like a chat like Chinese king that like buried yeah. with all these statues or whatever? Uh I know what you're talking about, but because I, they I think, can't go to his main grave because yeah. it, they like made a, like yeah, a it's, miniature it's so, like, thing. Of well, his yeah, there's grave. like a river of mercury. Yeah, yeah, I know mm-hmm. what you're talking about. I think that's different than the terracotta warriors, but it's well, the, yeah, it's the same thing. <laughs> no, I, I know what you're talking about here. Anyway, what, what the fuck were we just talking um, about? Now, dealing with the syphilis a little bit. That's here. it. Yep. Yeah. So <laughs> quote so far is known is that none of his children suffered from syphilis here. Okay. Uh, Henry's children, though Mary and Elizabeth were probably both sterile. Henry, and this is one of the icky uh, quotes I had to get here, Henry normally took virgin for wives and mistresses <laughs> and mistresses. Hey, you had sex before? No? Come on. <laughs> this guy's uh, a fucking monster. Parentheses, though he may have been mistaken or deceived in respect of up to four of his wives. Okay. So he, he's <laughs> fucking lied to a lot here. Uh, so he was a liar. Like everyone's a liar. Everyone's a liar and bang their cousin. Oh, at this so when point. they're all asking, "Do you have an STD?" They're like, "No, probably, probably not. Do. Probably, okay. do. probably, probably not." Yeah. <laughs> uh, then the final thing uh, that I'll, I mentioned here from this Alex Samuels article that he talks about mm-hmm. is alcoholism. No evidence, though he certainly drank plenty of wine. Okay. <laughs> so he's like, he fucking drank a lot, but not enough yeah. to kill him here. Uh, well, Mr. Samuels have like a like a theory of what he probably died uh, of. He does, as Samuels puts it, quote, "There rarely is one cause of death. Usually, there are a number of contributing factors, including chronic illness and debility, with a final coup de gras that kind of leads to it. 
my add-on to it is that's all true when you are not publicly beheaded or burned at the stake. Yeah. That, a <laughs> little bit more clean cut. It was probably the jousting injuries, the excessive eating and drinking, his sores, the stress of his life as a king. Like yeah. He has a lot to deal with <laughs> as much as we give him shit. Uh, <laughs> his weight and a whole lot more that probably contributed to his quickly failing condition. Okay. So he's I'll, just been like going downhill for like years. Yeah, it's been a solid like okay. almost 10 years straight of kind of getting worse, getting worse, getting worse. <laughs> the part I feel where, like one of his servants is like, what's the point? Like he's just going down. Like We're just waiting it out you here. You should just let him go. Just give him a few minutes, dude. <laughs> like old yeller, just put him out of his misery. Yeah, get one of those archers in here. However, some researchers out there explore this theory that along with all of that we just listed yeah henry had also developed type 2 diabetes or yeah diabetes. that makes sense um, and they wouldn't be like really aware of that at all back then right probably not they probably don't have a name for it so like when people like get their i don't know why or how but if you can fill in the gaps perfect when people do like have to sometimes amputate their limbs because of diabetes right it's like yeah it's a whole so could they that probably, be like like his legs flat out weren't working probably at that point, right? It might be from that. It's hard to tell because we can't kind of they, they didn't know to check that kind of stuff. Blood sugar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't even have sugar at that time. Yeah. I mean, it was like <laughs> fucking a new world product. Now, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be nice. Okay. I'm gonna be nice to the best of my ability. To who? This researcher here. Okay. Now, her name is Kyra Kramer. Okay. Now, from her about me page on her website uh-huh. kind of just took this she is an author and a quote freelance medical anthropologist the freelance word is red flag number two do medical and anthropology usually go together she was explaining it it sounds like it's one of those cut like kind of fringy kind of things it's there are probably are legitimate okay. professionals in this what I'm about to say from her doesn't give me confidence. Okay. Um, so are we about to like, are we, is she, are we she, referencing She has her? a theory. Okay. She has a theory and I'm going to explain it a little bit But more. is she the only one that's done this research? Yeah, the theory? only one I've seen and she's published it in a So we have to use her stuff. We don't have to. I just want to because oh, okay. it's funny. I felt like you were saying we have to. And she's we have, well, we have to because it's funny and we have to get ratings. Okay. Um, <laughs> so on her author page, on her like website, on her mm-hmm. own website, the first paragraphs there um focus more on her blind dog her parents babysitting her children and whether or not if her husband will do the cooking of the night more than her academic achievements why or, is that on you or on her there? institutional position i don't know why it's in the first paragraph <laughs> like if you have it at the bottom like or right, fun I, facts about me like yeah at the bottom like i don't want to say real but like historical researchers that have yeah. like a lot of credentials or a lot of just experience. Just have like a link to your Instagram page and like put that there. Yeah, like, and the things they'll list first is like mm-hmm. this book, this position, this paper, whatever, like okay. big things. Well, tell me about her blind dog. Her blind dog. I, I, I think it was named after Danger Mouse. I don't know, fucking no. I, I cut that out because I didn't want to <laughs> go to. I have a blind to... dog, I'm going to name him Daredevil. That would be a great name. Yeah. <laughs> ben Affleck, the dog. <laughs> She I argues. Don't know about ben Affleck. Actually, that's like one of the few music, movies I like. He was in. Sure, I feel that. Yeah. Uh, Miss Kramer here. Uh, she bursts into the room pretty quick, frantically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, she argues <laughs> that quote Henry gained weight and developed type two diabetes because he had become ill for some other cause or causes, 
rather than becoming ill and developing type 2 diabetes because of his obesity. Wait, what? She is really splitting hairs. There's like, no, yeah. no, 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 no. He had type 2 diabetes, but it's not because he's fat. It's because he had a lot of other bad things happening at this time. I don't think that's how it worked, though. I right? don't think that's how yeah. that works either. Um, <laughs> I think you get, like, you either get you're born with diabetes or you're, you get it because you're unhealthy. Yes. Or, yeah, like some bad conditions, mm -hmm. what have you. Yeah. This is a, a next sentence there. Quote, as long as Henry was still active, then his health would not have been adversely affected by his weight even after he crossed the severely obese threshold of 35 BMI. Now, I would like to remind the listeners here that he had to be carried around in a sedan chair because his feet could not physically hold his body weight up. <laughs> I don't think he was still active then. Yeah. <laughs> if the only activity you have is preventing you from getting malaria, you're not active enough yeah. <laughs> there. This is where she starts to get a little personal bias in her, okay. in her uh, page here. Quote, this is probably a shock to most people since the correlation is implied in almost every media report about type 2 diabetes or the, quote, obesity epidemic. But in reality, almost half of all type 2 diabetes sufferers are of normal weight and the large majority of obese people will never develop the disease. Well, it has nothing to do with weight. You can still be like... Yeah. What the fuck does that deal like, with well, fucking mass, King Henry? Like fat mass. Like yeah. Okay. It doesn't matter these statistics. It just matters if he had it or not. I'm really and curious was... why she's defending this because it yeah. sounds like she's going more out of her way to like say like it's not like. Yeah. Like uh, diabetes is actually sounds like a good conclusion because he's fat. But if she's saying yeah, when I, I was, that when right? I was re yeah Wait, when I was I reading that? this I was like oh that sounds good but she's going okay. This well, so I am hearing this right. She's saying oh he, he has diabetes has but not because he's fat. Not because he's fat but because of everything else he just also happened to be that fat. sounds like a stretch to me and it sounds like they're splitting hairs too okay and she also at one point said like it's not really well accepted that he might have had type 2 diabetes so all this is for <laughs> nothing but it's so stupid so this is where it gets even stupider oh, you mean kind of skinny and have high cholesterol and yeah like, like that last that, part where yeah. it's like oh skinny people get type 2 diabetes yes that's true but king henry the fucking eighth wasn't skinny so yeah. that doesn't fucking matter <laughs> at this point so this is like i said where it gets a little bit even farther into the deep end okay quote not only did henry's body not axiomatically give him type 2 diabetes so i just assume he was so fat he gave himself type 2 <laughs> diabetes it might have been a health advantage what <laughs> type 2 diabetes demonstrates what researchers call the quote obesity paradox in that rather than hurting the patient excessive apoda i don't know apipose increases survival rates as counterintuitive as it seems to the modern reader overweight people with type 2 diabetes live longer than normal or underweight people diagnosed with the same illness henry's large body mass may have aided his longevity until he crossed the threshold of 30 bmi or even higher according to some studies is she qualified to have that opinion i like, i, I would 100 percent so. say no because okay. she doesn't have a <laughs> fucking dr next to her yeah. fucking name as a doctor <laughs> I'm not, like, this is not against fucking diabetes, like, people with diabetes at all, but find me one person that was diagnosed with type 2 that would say, 
oh yeah, this is totally a health advantage yeah. to my, I love having to not only spend thousands of dollars on my fucking equipment and prick I mean, myself and watch what I have to fucking that, like, eat. fat people back then was like a sign of wealth, but that's, that's not, not the even, same thing That's not this. even the argument yeah, she's yeah. <laughs> Like, it is so far off in this weird realm of self <laughs> patting on the back. I don't even know what the fuck she's talking about. And this is, this next part, this is a long quote. I copy pasted from, who? The, from same the same chick? woman. This is directly after that last thing. Okay. I copy pasted this. Bear with me. I don't know what the fuck is, is that happening. Is that gonna clarify like her point or what? How no. she how she thinks as a person. How she thinks. Oh, God. like I said, personal <laughs> bias. So, like she just said, this might be a health uh, health advantage being diagnosed with type two diabetes. Mm-hmm. Quote: I'm aware my facts about weight and health are going to cause some people to blow a gasket. The idea that overweight people live longer than, quote, normal or thin people is causing some people, even though in the, quote, evidence-based medical community, to become very upset. In fact, they get so upset that they are even hostile to the research regardless of its statistical validity. This is caused by the cognitive dissidence of a paradigm violation. The <laughs> paradigm we've grown up with is that fat equals bad equals shortened oh, lifespan, oh, whereas see. thin equals good equals le- lengthened lifespan. Doctors have grown up in that paradigm, too, and it has been presented as an unmutable, quote, truth for decades. People do not, all caps, like having their paradigm shifted, <laughs> they resist. Evidence that contradicts the quote truth is both suspect and rage inducing. I've read entire papers that discussing the oddity that fat people who don't diet live longer than yo yo dieters. Yet that paper <laughs> ends with the discouraging advice that fat people should go on a diet to get their weight under control or their health will suffer. This means that the intent is. Caca blocking? I think she meant to say cock blocking there, but chaka blocking (laughs) with articles trumpeting the fact that overweight people live longer is a quote lie. Nonetheless, the math bears witness. In metadata studies of obesity, there is statistical significant proof that overweight people live longer and exercise is more important for health than being the correct weight. End quote. No. What the fuck no. are you talking that was about? Extremely biased. Like I said, I'm not going to agree with Almost her. Almost all studies of obesity. Okay, here's the thing. I am like, obviously, I'm assuming like you know, body shaming is not good. You know, there's a um, difference between body but shaming. But you can't or... say like fat is not. You can't say like being fat is not unhealthy. It is unhealthy. There's like, yeah. There's such like, a and that's fine... funny. Like she's like you know she's trying to like say like. Oh, there's statistics out there that people don't like respect that you know being of how being fat is healthy. Like no, like they're almost all studies related to being overweight is unhealthy. Like there are very few specific metrics and yeah. studies mm-hmm. that agree with her point versus the overwhelming statistical and pretty much you know well regarded yeah. So facts like, of the this, like, matter. People in Japan that have very long lifespans, but sumo wrestlers like make it to their 40s or 50s. We were 50s. talking yeah. about that like two weeks <laughs> yeah. ago. We were actually talking about that in person. Yeah. We were talking about, oh, in Japan, they have such a light, like a life expectancy. Mm-hmm. And then sumo wrestlers are like 25 years shorter than yeah. that. <laughs> or oh. even more. Yeah, it was like, like yeah, way more than It that. was way significant. Like, and you, you see it all they over pass, the place. They die like in their 50s. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Speaking of dying in their 50s 
<laughs> okay, we're good. Are we finally going to get there? January 28th. So bum, let's bum, just, bum, she, where bum, she said, yeah. Bum, da, 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 da. Let's just remember where she said <laughs> there is statistic, statistical significant proof that overweight people live longer. Yeah. And also that his health advantage of type 2 diabetes, mm -hmm. his large body mass may have aided his longevity. That's what she said here. January 28th, 1547, Whitehall Palace. Henry VIII dies at the age of 55. What? <laughs> age 55, Henry VIII has died. Woo. January 8th, 1547 is the day. Woo! Woo! Nice. Woo. Yeah, let's give a little <laughs> round of applause yeah. there. I wanted to... See if I could put in, like, air horns. Like she said, helped him live long to the long, ripe age of 55. <laughs> Not all that old. The final hours of his life are described in a fashion that could either suggest a stroke or kidney failure was the major body event that caused him to pass away. So okay. how Samuels, a scientific, licensed <laughs> medical researcher... <laughs> citing many studies yeah. suggested hey it's probably a combination with one large event that leads to this yeah that's what actually happened i as i put it in my notes <laughs> i guess it was not a health advantage yeah. <laughs> i guess not it didn't save him in the end because his dad was not described as as large henry's dad henry's dad lived way longer yeah wait lived way longer <laughs> he died henry here he died so suddenly that the tomb he had planned was only partially built and as we will get to here in just a minute <laughs> that's to make it bigger no it was never fully finished oh <laughs> i'll get to that in a second here but it's crazy uh henry was interned so his where his body was held Mm -hmm. was in a vault at St. George's Chapel inside Windsor Castle next to Jane Seymour, his ex-wife that had Which died. Which one? His, the fourth one okay. <laughs> that had given him the daughter. Oh, the one that, like, okay. The one that actually gave birth okay. to, oh, no, not the daughter, I'm sorry, to Edward. She's the okay. one that actually gave him the hair. Okay. So he's so the one next that like her. did her job as a yep. queen and what they and the, and expected then instantly her back died. Then. Yep. Okay. Uh, the one that like it's like oh I'm actually happy for yeah. her and like she's dead. She didn't go through his bullshit and yeah. then she just died. Like, I imagine how his current wife when he died felt about that. You're yeah. getting buried with who? <laughs> Motherfucker. Uh, in his death. He's dead. Womp womp. Yeah. Henry is succeeded or succeeded not succeeded. They didn't break out. Succeeded <laughs> by his son. Edward VI okay. as king of England. However, as he, a tale we tell ourselves quite often here, mm -hmm. Edward was only nine years old, mm -hmm. so he could not directly rule the kingdom. Yeah. Henry, though, had a little bit of a will. He was like, I saw what's going on up in Scotland. Let's do something here. Mm -hmm. Designating 16 or executors to serve on a regency council until Edward reached 18. Okay. So for nine years or so, he's going to be on this Regency Council, pretty much. The executors chose Edward Seymour, Jane Seymour's elder brother, to be the Lord Protector of the Realm until the time. Another great fucking title. Okay, course. so his mom's... Wait. It's his ex... His ex -ma, step mom's brother. I don't know. Okay. Some something. dude, my dad, Bang's <laughs> brother, is taking care of me at this point. He's been around this whole time, I okay. guess. Okay. Um, <laughs> Actually, no, that's his... Actually, that would be his uncle. That would be his uncle. Okay. So it's not as oh, creepy. Okay. It's not as creepy. So wouldn't that be like his mom's 
brother. brother. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that makes sense. Yeah, he because Edward is Edward Seymour. Oh, they're both Edward. Hey, Edward, I'm Edward. Nice to meet you. <laughs> hey, nice. Were you named after me? No, my dad or, or well, somebody maybe. else. No, <laughs> yeah, maybe. We don't know. We don't know. Possibly could be. Uh, if Edward is to die childless, okay, the English throne would then be passed on to Mary. Henry VIII's daughter with Catherine of Aragon, his first daughter, okay. and her heirs. If Mary dies, her reign ends without a child. The English throne and the crown would then go on to Elizabeth, Henry's daughter by Anne Boleyn. And then if Elizabeth dies without a heir, the crown would then be inherited to the descents or the descendants of Henry's younger sister. Okay, just Mary. summarize that for me. Unless you If Edward dies, going. it goes to the first daughter. Okay. If the first daughter dies, it goes to the second daughter. And if the second daughter dies, everyone's fucked and it goes to his sister. Okay, not none of that goes to Mary Queen of Scots. Nope, as they were specifically out of the line now. The oh, okay. Stuarts, the rulers of Scotland, and Mary of Scots. So they're fucked. They're out of the line at this point. Oh, that's it's not good. On. That doesn't sound good. They'll or go, is it not good? They'll go back and forth at this point, or okay. kind of for the next 400 like, years or so. Does that really affect them, though? It will, at least with the war that's kind of going oh, on here. Oh, So after Henry dies, they prepare his body. Okay. Uh, for the burial service, the best that they could, as they like, we mm. don't have a fucking tomb. Shit. Henry's body is bathed, then it's embalmed with spices, and then encased in a block of lead, and was left in the Whitehall Palace, where he died, surrounded by burning tapers until it was time to begin his service at Windsor. He was left there over two weeks. He died at the end of January, and it wasn't until February 14th that his service began. So they just left him out there to rot for two weeks. Because I feel like spices aren't all that good of embalmers oh, at the time. All that shit like a, built a, up in yeah, that the, body. Yeah, the fat pussy. I've never smelt a dead body before. But just I would, all the sounds. Just imagine yeah, that. Yeah, all oh. the sounds. The worst one. So February it just 14th, turned into a giant boil. Yeah, it just popped and it was. It's like a bloated <laughs> no. whale when it washes up on shore and explodes. That's what I see. Uh, February fourteenth, Valentine's Day, is the day that the body is going to be moved out of uh, London. Okay. to his final resting place of Windsor. His procession, so kind of the parade, mm-hmm. sad parade thing. Wait, was Valentine's Day a day at this point? I don't think so. Okay. I think I just used it for a frame of reference. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's February 14th, 1547 here, by the way. Okay. Uh, the procession is four miles long, so that's a fucking long ass shit here. How long is this parade? Oh my God. <laughs> Can uh, we at least like ride in front of him, not behind him? <laughs> yeah, I'm in the middle. Oh my God. Where's the candy? The wind is going against us. <laughs> oh God, the smell. Many kind of pieces in this parade, this procession, were adorned with jewels and luxury fabrics. The king, Henry here, had mm-hmm. left money for daily masses to be said in his honor and for his soul until the end of the world. Okay. But the Protestant rulers of Edward, his son, Stop the masses after a year. <laughs> so, end of the world or 360 days from now, about. Okay. Just about. Uh, now, let's talk about his tomb a little bit. I kind of hinted at it a nice. little bit. Uh, it's not done. It's not done. As early as 1518, so we're going a few decades before here, a little mm-hmm. bit in his life, Henry had plans drawn up for a tomb for him and his first wife, Catherine of Aragon. Okay. 
these initial plans were made by a noteworthy Italian sculptor, Pietro Torrigiano. He's an Italian guy. Okay. Uh, Tor- Torrigiano, I guess that's probably, who also designed the tomb for Henry's parents. So he's like, they, he did good work. Let's get him in here. Now, the Torrigiano guy, he planned for Henry's uh, sarcophagus, so the place where his body was going to be put mm-hmm. into. It was going to be made out of the same white marble and black stones as his father's. Okay. Only it was going to be about 25% bigger. <laughs> I didn't even write that. That's not even a joke I had to add yeah. in. They were like, but bigger for his body, I pretty uh-huh. much. Um, uh, the plans called for a beautiful, I saw some to, some pieces here, a vast edifice decorated with orient stones, white marble pillars, gilded bronze angels, and life-sized images of Henry and his queen. So when she's gone and dead i take that one out and i put up another one and then when she's gone i take that one down i put up another one it's weird i've got a collection of them uh it was also going to include a magnificent statue of the king on horseback under a triumphant arch he's like yeah me on a horseback with a sword we got an arch in there it's gonna be fucking sweet um these plans fell out though as an argument over compensation for the designing of the plans ensured pretty much causing this sculptor to return back to Italy in June 1519. So it took a year for Henry to piss him off and send him back home. <laughs> Remember when they were saying, oh, he only turned bad in 1536 after the jousting yeah. accident? I don't think so. I disagree. Uh, I have proof to back it up, motherfuckers. Uh, now... Cardinal Thomas Wolsey, a guy we had talked about before. I think he got killed at some point here. Henry's chief minister in kind of the early years of his reign had plans for a beautiful adorned tomb that he had worked for himself being in the king's entourage pretty much. He had designed it, afforded it, and it was quite beautiful. However, when Wolsey died... Henry adopted some of the components of his tomb for his own. He's like, I like that idea. I'll take that. <laughs> uh, the sculptor ben- Benitato da Di Rovizano and his assistant Giovanni Di Manano, very okay. Italian names there, who were working on Wolsey's tomb, came to work on the tomb for Henry from 1530 to 1536. So he's mm-hmm. like, how about you just take that stuff and bring it over for me here real quick? In particular, what Henry took from the Wolsey plan here was the sarcophagus for his tomb. So what he's going to be buried in, Mm. what he's going to be kind of encased in. Henry's plan was to have a gilded life-size figure of himself on top of the sarcophagus. So that's going to be about 18,000 pounds of gold right there just to have the full size of him. Yeah. Along with a raised podium, no desk, that, that is a fixed desks no one is stealing that one like the other ones um and 10 tall pillars topped with statues of the apostles surrounding the tomb the apostles the apostles of christianity okay he has his sarcophagus a giant life-sized statue of him in gold (laughs) a bunch of pillars uh with the apostles on them a fucking podium also 
between each this is all the plan he had this sounds Jesus. like someone on coke coming up with so these, this is all hypothetical this is all what the plan for his oh, tomb okay. was this is a cokehead coming up with their business scheme like <laughs> okay we're gonna okay it's gonna be a dog business we're gonna sell directly to dogs we're gonna sell this we're like he's, yeah. all the specifics like it's gonna be called bow wows it's gonna be funny we're gonna be in the up, yeah kind of nice neighborhood it's gonna be open five to nine like it's all that that's what this yeah. plan sounds like between each of the pillars there was going to be a nine foot tall bronze candlestick holy fuck nine <laughs> feet holy shit you could dunk Ooh. on those you uh, just got drunk and just started yeah, listing these like everything i want um, <laughs> Sorry, that was yeah that was a good an altar <laughs> at the end of the tomb <laughs> topped with a canopy held by four elaborate pillars oh my God. 16 effigies of angels at the base holding the candlesticks oh he's like God. i just want it all then the tomb and the altar were going to be encased by black marble and a like a bronze sheet around it with a chapel where the masses could be said for the king's soul <laughs> <laughs> there's so much he wants yeah. here he's like that's that gonna be the it? seating area that's it you want more for no, the dope? i was hoping he would stop maybe he like passed out for being drunk yeah he's like okay yeah, he's done oh god that's <laughs> Period. Put the period right there. Yeah. There's nothing more we can finish. <laughs> now, kind of throughout his life, work kind of picked up and stopped on the tomb here. Yeah. Work progressed, but during the last year of Henry's reign and his life, the wars in France, Scotland, uh-huh. and Ireland that we mentioned earlier yeah. were draining the royal treasury so much that it pretty much stopped yeah, work because on he's the spent like He's like one of the kings that spent like the most money, though, right? Yeah, like we were talking about mm-hmm. in I think the debasement episode. He was just terrible. So he's, like, with, he's just broke at this point. He's broke as fuck. <laughs> Some of the work. So on, what they do they just like like replace the rest with like wood panels. <laughs> they painted it on there. Six. They like they went to the plans and like kind of etched out the one, so it's like sixteen or whatever. We got enough money for this. Uh, the two. Some of the work on this monument pretty much this giant sarcophagus thing yeah continued during his son edward's reign but the treasury was always out of funds so even his son is broke he spent so much <laughs> edward you can't it, really blame it on his son though it's just i mean like, you can't he's trying yeah. his best and also edward's will requested that the tomb be finished <laughs> he didn't get it done so the next in line was going to be mary yeah mary did nothing on the tomb of course <laughs> uh then Mary dies. Nothing. Is this tomb like closed off in any way or whatever? Kind of. They've been repurposed. I'll get to it okay. in a second here. Queen Elizabeth takes over after Mary did nothing. Yeah. Uh, with some interest in the project, she's like, can we just get this fucking done? It's been like 80 yeah. years that we've had this thing just sitting here. Uh, a survey was commissioned for the work that was needed to be complete, and new plans were prepared in 1565. So almost 20 years after he's dead, like, maybe we should get this finally done here. Um, it's not smelling anymore. <laughs> yeah, he's whew, yeah, he's skeleton now. It's a big skeleton, but Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever completed items were there in kind of Westminster Hall were moved to this. Wait, if you look at a skeleton, can you tell if it was like overweight? I feel Just like there's the probably skeleton? like, if you were probably fluent in that kind of like what you were looking for, but I bet you could. Okay. I know, I know like they can guess like, wear and tear on people's body from like their okay. joints so if you are probably larger there's probably like more wear and tear on your because arm I know they grind down like old bones they can figure out the diet from people yeah i think it's like probably the, of a the gladiators sim- in like rome they found out they were all vegetarians <laughs> they're all a bunch of vegans like they had like really high dense like bone and like they, they found out they're vegetarians i don't know if it's because i don't think that was their choice it's probably all they could yeah, have it's the only, <laughs> only grain yeah I, I feel like you could probably do something similar where it's 
diet and body yeah. type, like just how they're kind of proportioned there. But anyway. Uh, very great. Uh, but they were moved from <laughs> Westminster to kind of the castle where they were all keeping them at Windsor. Mm-hmm. But again, after 1572, work again stopped. So mm-hmm. they worked on it for like seven years and they're like, fuck, whatever. Um, <laughs> the pieces that were all part of his tomb, kind yeah. of his sarcophagus mainly, sat untouched at Windsor Palace until 1646 when now known as the English Commonwealth, not even mm. the Kingdom of England, it's now the Commonwealth. Oh, wow. Uh, needed money <laughs> and sold so the... So they downgraded in a way? They Not downgraded, but changed. They became more parliament. Okay. They, yeah, like this is the starting of the era of like parliamentary constitutions. So would that be more of a democracy? Incre- incrementally, yeah. It's not oh, like a, okay. it's yeah, not yeah, like a president, but yeah, they yeah. sell the king. But... Um, so they needed money, and they they sold the effigy of Henry's head. <laughs> Wait, yeah, the they, effigy, or they just sold his head, like the gold plated, like whatever, very nice. Oh yeah, thing yeah, of his yeah, yeah. head. <laughs> they sold that to be melted down for money. That's hilarious. That's amazing. That's great. That makes me so happy. That, that is just such a symbol of him. Sold down his gilded head for money yeah. hundreds years later when they needed it, and sold four of the bronze candlesticks that they had which okay. found their way to belgium so they're like we need to sell whatever the nice. fuck they can't now 1805 is where the sarcophagus kind of comes back into use the sarcophagus that had been wolsey's and henry's is taken out of storage and repurposed for a new you could say user of it Okay. The new user is it's going to be incorporated into the base of the tomb for the British naval hero Horatio Nelson. Nice. Have you ever heard of Horatio no. Nelson? I'm kind of like, where is this tomb? Is it in the castle on it, the property? I, like, I think it's in. I didn't see which. I have a picture of Mr. Horatio's tomb, okay. but it is in. But this London. is the same place. Okay. It's in London, England. But Mr. Horatio Nelson, yeah, I mentioned as he. Like I said, was a British naval hero, but more importantly, acts as an absolutely fucking fantastic bridge to our announcement for the second season of Back Row Lessons. Okay. As Mr. Horatio Nelson. I didn't think it was going to be Horatio Nelson that segues us into the second season, but I'm here for- Is it actually like a a, a a coincidence? You're not forcing it? I'm not forcing it at all. I went- trillion percent promise ah. you this mr nelson here the brave old, the brave naval hero mm-hmm. got his start and really kind of made his name yeah in the west indies of the american revolutionary war really and here on back row lessons podcast mm-hmm. the american revolution is going to serve as our second season topic yeah Woo! yeah, yeah! I mean, I guess only you and I knew. Yeah, well, I told like two people. I told a few people too. But this is, (laughs) I didn't plan this out that a gentleman who got his start, his. So we will be talking about this person. I'll make sure. Yeah, damn it. I'm going to make sure we talk about this. We'll force him in season two. But we didn't really force him. I had already actually started to look at the Caribbean theater because in the Revolutionary War, it's not really talking about. Caribbean theater? Yeah, like theaters of war are like the different areas that they're going in. Oh, I thought it was a theater. Group I wish. That's actually like what I thought as a child. That would be cool. That would be cool. <laughs> but everything 
at least I learned about the American Revolution really took place in the Northeast. There, I knew that there was stuff in the Southern colonies and okay. in the Caribbean. So we'll be talking about Horatio Nelson, but American Revolution season two. Yep. Henry's finally dead. Henry's dead. We did uh-huh. it. I didn't lie. Mm-hmm. We finished the season here. Now we're going to take a few months here yeah. to prepare, get ready, and just be on top of it. So this whole journey with Paul and I and this podcast has been great, but you know, what we're what we we're gonna reevaluate how we did season one. We love season one, but we're gonna figure out how we wanted to do how if we were gonna do it differently, what would we do? And we're gonna do that for season two. Kind of start off like let's just wing it. Do yeah, it, and there then... is a little bit of that to it. So with season two, what the big thing is, we're gonna be prepared. We're gonna be a little bit more mm-hmm. kind of looking ahead. It's not gonna be eight episodes of me saying Henry's gonna die next episode. Yeah. Henry's gonna die next episode. It's gonna be a little bit more thought out. And for you, the listeners, what that's gonna do is give you guys a better time enjoying because then we're gonna be able to connect things. Yeah point out maybe go a little bit uh we have our path but maybe we want to go here for an episode mm-hmm. check that out but move through it and give you guys a full story yeah and now we are going to take a few months for it it's october here beginning mm-hmm. of october we will be back at the beginning of 2022 i mm-hmm. feel so fucking old saying yeah. 2022 but what you don't need to worry about is we're not gone for the rest of the year yeah. here we're, we're pumped we're, we're like pumped. We're, organized. we're excited we're yeah like, no we're, we're not going together. away mm-hmm. yeah like we have been saying we're not going away but we want to make sure if we're going to keep doing we want to give we you... have like a system down and we want to give a good product that's yeah. our big thing mm-hmm. here like we have a lot of fun i love that and i want to have yeah. even more fun we're not going to be gone for the rest of the year we're going to give you guys a fun little kind of bridging episode mm-hmm. between the two doors and the colonization of america and mm-hmm. I can promise you this, Nolan. It's fucking crazy. It is. <laughs> I've been saving. Feel, I've I'm been hoping, waiting on these notes for months now. Yeah, I'm hoping that like that second episode, or not second, but kind of bridge episode, will be coming in a couple weeks here, maybe a month or so. But yeah, we are also going to be launching our Patreon in this time. Mm-hmm. We'll be putting up a private, or not private. I'm sorry, but a kind of a bonus episode up yeah. there, and we'll be putting that out on our social media so everyone mm-hmm. knows. We'll be getting some fun little uh, perks and things yeah. for you. You get so a we'll shout try out to the keep end of those the tour. rants as bonus episodes. Or, Why would you limit me like yeah. that? <laughs> no, yeah, something like that. So, and that will help us be better with a concise story for yeah. you guys. And then on social media, um, you know, reach out to us, like, um, or follow us on Instagram, Facebook. That's where we're at right now. Uh, we want, if you want to find us somewhere else, you know, let us know. I think we will, we have where we will have an email that you can reach us out to just in case. Yep. Backrowlessons at Gmail. Awesome. Yep. Backrowlessons gmail.com. And then also, you know, leave us a five star review on iTunes, um, whatever's available. We are going to try to like branch out more because we're on, we are on Spotify and I think we're on other stuff, but we're going to like, you know, YouTube or whatever. Yeah. I want to try and see what we can do out there. And like you said, absolutely love the reviews and yeah, leave us reviews or what I would love if you were made it through the seasons, just let us know where you're going to bring us to the potluck you know i love it and yeah. i'm really hoping we'll get more potlucks i want the some recipes War. damn it yeah mm-hmm. put in there yeah to celebrate the end of the first season with a potluck i think yeah. that's a great way i'm a pescatarian now but i'll be a yeah, vegan keep that next in mind. year so uh, if you do bring chicken wings or mm-hmm. something like that that's all for me yeah uh, <laughs> and on top of that just want to give you all listeners we love you thank you for yeah, everything exactly you read we hope my mind you keep walking us with us down this journey of these I, next few I, seasons. yeah i hope you guys are 
excited or at least if you're looking at us like a train wreck mm -hmm. yeah we got another train coming for you so you you won't be able to turn away yeah better or worse it's not about the destination with us it's about it's the journey of these stories so enjoy like the journey that. with exactly us. like that mm -hmm. uh and as we always say we can't make this shit up, this uh, shit up. on that wonderful note thank you guys for a great first season yeah. tell we'll your be... friends and families about us exactly my name is paul davis and i'm nolan meshke and this has been back row lessons Woo.